ramming your brain through a table of wrestling knowledge. Announce table. One hundred and eighty. First episode of the new year, twenty seventeen. Uh, T Mac, my esteemed. World-renowned co-host of the Spanish Announce Table. How are you this week? Doing well. How are you? I am doing well myself, man. We've got a great show tonight. We've uh, we've already done the interview, but I can't wait for everybody to hear us. We've got a, a gentleman by the name of Mark Bland, syndicated radio host out of St. Louis. Uh, spent some time as a worker in the industry and has some great fun stories that you're not going to want to miss. That comes up in our second hour-ish, and of course we will... Do our tweet the tables and answer some listener emails as we always do. Uh, but let's get into uh, what you do this week, T Mac. Well, it was the new year. It so was. I celebrated New Year's Eve with my girlfriend and her family. We actually watched, uh, oh, the Rock and Kevin Hart uh, comedy where The Rock's uh-huh. in the CIA. Yeah. Central Intelligence. That's that good? what it was. Yeah, it was really funny. Really? Okay. I, I, yeah, I actually liked it. All right, it was, I'll, give, it was, I'll give it a shot. Now, it's never, it's never going to win an Oscar, or you're not, not going to watch it six more times and remember ten one-liners. Sure. But it's one of those movies where if you're flipping through the channels and you catch a scene, you're probably going to end up watching the whole movie again. I gotcha. I like it. You know what I mean? Cool. Lighthearted, easy to digest. Uh, it was on the TV, and it was funny. So, Fun. yeah, it was good. And then uh, the night before, we watched what was supposed to be the main event fight between a man named Nunez and uh, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> did you like that? Uh-huh. I see what you did there. Yeah, that was uh, that was CM Punk lasted longer than Ronda Rousey did. Okay, hold on, because I hate that. I hate. Let, let, let me stop you right there, pro wrestling fan. And this isn't just you. This is all pro well, wrestling. Well, I just fans. took that off a tweet. I know, <laughs> I know. And every pro wrestling fan wants to bring this up. Here you go, dorks. Let's uh, let's clarify the two differences. One was a guy who has no background in fighting, fighting a guy who only has two pro fights, and of those two pro fights, neither guy should have been in the UFC. Okay. Versus a woman who took on a world champion with a championship pedigree and world-class striking. Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference? Yeah. Let me ask you this real quick because uh, with this Ronda Rousey thing, because I want to get your hot take on it. Uh, that female come up later in the evening. Uh, we spent, I remember very vividly sitting in the Cumulus Studios on this show discussing Ronda Rousey. And this is at the height of her unstoppable reign, right? Oh, yeah. I remember you saying she would retire undefeated because there was no woman even anywhere near her league and nobody would be able to get near her league in the amount of time that she had left in her career. What changed? Here's what changed. Uh, Two things, I believe, is what changed. One, 
people, or I shouldn't say people, women, because she only fights women. Sure. Women were evolving, right? So mm-hmm. as the, as she began to become popular, other fighters then started joining world-class gyms. Case in point, a man named Nunez trains <laughs> at American Top Team with Dustin Poirier, uh, Tyron Woodley, Robbie Lawler, all of the top guys in the world. So now you have women getting world-class training just as Ronda Rousey came from an Olympic background in judo training at a world-class level. Now women are as well, right? Mm-hmm. So as they were evolving, she wasn't. Because what mm. she was doing is she was with the worst MMA coach this side of the Mississippi. He fucking sucks. Edmund is garbage. Literally, he makes fighters worse. Case in point, if you don't want to take my point, and this is for MMA fans, if you don't want to take my point with Ronda Rousey, I get that. But look at Travis Brown, her boyfriend. When Travis Brown started, he had footwork. He cut angles. He, he was dynamic. You didn't know if he was going to take you down. He was going to punch. He starts dating Ronda Rousey. He starts training with Edmund. Ever since he trained with Edmund, he's fallen out of the top 10 in heavyweights, and he's on a three-fight losing streak. You know why? Because wow. Edmund fucking sucks. Wow. And here's the thing. Hot take. Here's the thing. Ronda would have retired undefeated and murked every single girl. Because if you put all the girls in an athletic competition, Ronda beats them 10 times out of 10. Okay. She's the, she's the best athlete in any it women's certainly position. looks like it for sure she is yeah. she is but when you do the all-star training i call it that's like the brock lesnar you lose and this is what her training was and this is why brock lesnar also lost towards the end of his first stint in the ufc it's great if you can run 10 miles right yeah it's great if you do technique training when you say okay the the guy has your back and is trying to choke you you need to do x y and z let's drill that right so you do it 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 right all that stuff is amazing but if you don't spar live and you don't know how to take a punch when you do get punched and the lights are the brightest and everyone's yelling you do what Rhonda did, you do what Brock did, and turn into a girl fight, and for some reason stand on one foot and try to grab the other person's hair. <laughs> like it's a street fight right. on on World Star. Yeah. Like that's the thing. She had she wasn't evolving while other women were, and then her training was so stupid. You cannot you cannot not get hit and then expect when it's go time to know what to do. You need to get hit to go, oh shit, my you know, my uh my vision is blurry, yeah. I'm seeing double, I need to go for a shot, or I need to circle to the left. But if you never do that and you never feel it, when it's yeah. go time, you don't know what to do. And right. that's what happened both times with Ron. Well, and that's like so like uh, let's take basketball. If you don't scrimmage some basketball games, you can shoot all you want and you can run you know, you can run sprints, exactly. but that ain't going to yeah. teach you how to handle a game-like situation. Yeah, and that goes for any sport. Let's take football. If you're a quarterback, you can read the cover two and draw up 10 to 15 different plays on how to beat that. But when you call hike and you have a fucking polar bear running at <laughs> yeah. you trying to take your head off, your <coughs> mechanics are going to go away. Your mm-hmm. technique is going to go away. 
you know, and Rhonda never went live. She only hit pads. She only did technique drilling and she did the cool. I'm running up a hill. Look at me running up a mountain. This is cool. This is getting me ready for a fight. While a man named Nunez was hitting fucking Robbie Lawler and Robbie Lawler is hitting him back. Uh, and then she's going, oh, shit. Well, OK, now I know what to do. Right. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to work this girl. And then the other thing, and this is just more of a point that I've always thought about with fighting. And it's almost with any other sport, too. The secret's out, right? Huh. So when someone looks like a god, as soon yeah. as someone can poke a hole in that, yeah. well, then everyone goes, well, I can do that same thing. And if that is a hole in your game, well, now everyone's going to go to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think there's a case into that, too. Right, so, right. Okay. Oh, God. But then the co-main event, real quick, uh, Cody No Love became the new uh, – 135 pound champion beating Dominic Cruz who hasn't lost since 2007 Oof. and it was amazing oh man you would love this fight they're shit talking he drops him with a punch and then points at him and laughs at one time he does a push up in the middle of the round <laughs> like it's okay. amazing that was That's such fun. a fun fight okay so yeah it was great we uh oh, and I uh, and I also watched here you go wrestling nerds uh I watched uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. I, I meant to watch that today. Ran out of time. Uh, I was gonna pull it up while I was doing some work uh, at work, but didn't didn't get into that. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as far as the new year goes, we uh, spent the evening at home as we typically do with the children. Uh, let them celebrate. We had uh, wife and I had some wine. The kids had you know their Welch's grape. You know those that you know cider. Stuff that Get looks like drunk. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, did that in uh, thirteen and nine. 13-year-olds well, should be drunk. 12 and 9. They're soon to be 13 and 10 pretty soon. Um, get them drunk. Get them drunk. Uh, watch those abortions of a football game they called a college football playoff. Uh, uh, those were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, did you see the Florida State horse fall on the, the Seminole? No. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite thing about it. Is, yeah, the Florida State guy was like, hey And the horse fucking said, you're an asshole, and fucking threw him off. And he had, like, the spear that almost, like, punctured his lung, oh, and he, wow. like, fell no. to the side. It was great. Okay. Uh, outside of New Year's, then uh, um, didn't do much other than work and, and living. Uh, did watch uh, a, a college basketball game last night that uh, broke my heart at the end and was uh, subject of a lot of controversy today on CBS and ESPN, but – that's usually how things go when they're closely contested games. And hold on, we all know it's K State KU right. because if you listen long enough, you know yep. that you yep. watch all the K State games. Yeah, uh, there was a controversy. He clearly walked. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Well, the controversy is that they didn't call the travel. Yeah, he walked. It's walk chalk Jayhawk in this motherfucker. He, he well, this guy, because- he picked up the dribble, right crossing over half court and scored a game winning layup. Right? right, like tell me he didn't travel. Yeah, no, of course. Well, but what what you don't have here is that whole game was officiated piss poorly, and you'd have to attack every single call. And the losing team had a shot with five seconds left and couldn't handle a layup without throwing it out of bounds. So you, I can't blame that. But it sucks to see a missed no call lead to the direct outcome of a game. That always you sucks. know what. But for me, it doesn't. You know why? Because that's my favorite thing about sports. I don't like, – because I understand that you want to get it right somewhat, but that makes fun topic oh, sure. of conversation. Of course. Like, for example, and it's outside for the norm who, even. 
Right. Right. For for people who aren't from the Missouri area, uh, 1985, the St. Louis Cardinals played the Kansas City Royals in the World Series. Mm -hmm. And game six, it is an obvious blown call that the Royals uh, runner was out at first base and he was called safe. Right. Right. I went to a school called University of Central Missouri, which is almost smack dab in the middle of St. Louis and Kansas City. Uh So every Thursday night, because we went out on Thursday night and Friday night because we were fucking partiers. Of course. Every Thursday and Friday night, you would go to every sports bar and that picture would be up and that would be the topic of conversation. Might not be the first one, but it would end up with, oh, you're from St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, fuck your team. We beat you in 85. Fuck him. He was he was out. Nope. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes sports fun. So Oh, and it's gonna make the return game, which is February sixth, big Monday. It's gonna be in Manhattan in the Octagon of Doom, where they already get in trouble for shouting, you know, obscenities at KU. And I just imagine the the vitriol that's gonna be spewed from the crowd. We're thinking about getting tickets and going to it just because I was like, this is gonna be one that's gonna be memorable. Uh so yes, and it leads to great. T- so if it's a tight conference race and KU's in the lead, which they are, they've won what some thirteen in a row in the Big Twelve. Uh, that's obviously going to be a thing. It's going to be like, well, they should have, you know. So uh, yeah, it makes sports fun. I don't. I I'm not as pissed off as some of the other fans are. Again, I'm more pissed off that Jesus Christ. Because for anybody who doesn't watch college basketball, virtually nobody goes into KU's home court and even comes close to winning a game. That you're even that close. Was something where you get thinking, God damn it! One other thing that would have went wrong. Bill Self has more conference titles in his time at KU than he has losses on his home court, right? And he's yeah. been there what fifteen years. So that I'll tell you something. So it's it's definitely a uh, hard to win an atmosphere. But other than that, this is not what they came here for. They didn't want to hear about MMA. They don't want to hear about college basketball. They want to hear about pro wrestling, and that's what we're here to talk about. But we always kick off these. Uh, our first topic of discussion is the news. Some of the behind the curtain stuff. Yeah, you ready for that? Yes. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Yes. <laughs> okay. No, I just do. All yes. Right. All right. Here, here's the mother-loving news. I don't have a headline necessarily, okay. but it's more just here, – here's the headline. Alberto Del Rio, get your shit together. God, what a – man, this guy's nuts. Tell the story. Authorities in Australia told – tell pro wrestling sheet that Alberto Del Rio was temporarily arrested on Friday night, last Friday night, that is for getting into a bar arrested. fight. However, he was later released with zero charges. A police spokesman says the incident is still under investigation, so they couldn't name names, but confirmed that the two brothers, 39 and 30 years of age were who are Mexican citizens got into a fight with a 26 year old Australian man, which they believe was over ethnicity. Uh, we're told that the Australian man was beaten bad enough to require a trip to the hospital in an ambulance. And again, this is according uh, according to ProWrestlingSheet.com. And I saw this on a couple other sites, but this was the quickest story that hey, had hey, So hey, that's hey, why I'm using it. Have them. we heard from uh, GBL or, or Cata lately? I haven't. Uh-oh, we better check on them. Yeah, hopefully they're okay. Yeah. So here, here's where the story gets fun, though. Okay, uh-huh. so two brothers uh, beat up a native guy probably over some racial slurs, right? Yep. That's mm-hmm. understandable. Yep. yep. Here, Here's the fun part. The brothers were questioned at the police station, but the two implicated each other, and it caused a fight between them. They snitched it, on each other. Yeah, it yeah. ended with Alberto Del Rio hurting his brother and <laughs> that blood was needed or that there was so much blood that it needed to be cleaned from the walls of the police station. Police say that the two were then released with no charges. Mm. 
though they'll likely face a lawsuit. God, what a mess! And I don't even—I don't even know where to. There's also rumors too that he's impregnated Paige. He's a, a proposed to her, even though she already did that. So I don't—that I, that whole he's—he seems like he's running off the rails here a little bit, right? Do you Alberto know why? Huh? Because drugs are a hell of a drug. Drugs are a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I hate to see somebody, you know, getting into continual trouble. But man, just, uh, you know, from all accounts, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, right? You know, yeah, he seems, but he seems like a decent person. I've watched him do the, like, the shoot interview thing. Sure. And obviously he got two stints in WWE, so he couldn't be that horrible of a person to have them give him another shot. Uh, but with... <laughs> The, the fight that was uh, last year, then this fight, then uh, getting stabbed, but no charges were filed, and then getting a divorce, but then having Paige propose, then having Paige show a picture of a ring and say, I can't, you know, I'm so excited. And then Paige going from like the leader of the new school women's revolution to like an outcast who's paler than Seamus's fucking pube hair. It's like, what in the hell are we doing? Paler you know what than I mean? Seamus' dick. Yeah. Right. Well, Jesus. It's like the gold member. Remember that from Austin Powers <laughs> when he fucking re- revealed his dick and it was just gold? Just gold. It was like silver. It's like yeah. silver. It's, just, it's it's almost clear it's so white. <laughs> yeah. That's what Paige looks like. Kicking off this year's class with a bang. DDP. Diamond Dallas Page will be the first inductee to the 2017 WWE Hall of Fame class, according to PW Insider. However, neither Page nor WWE have confirmed this story at this time. WWE has, though, already announced that a three-disc DVD set covering the career of Diamond Dallas Page is set to be released in March, which seems to support PW Insider's claim. All right, here's a question. Yeah. I'm throwing it on you right now, and I know that you don't do good at this, so that's what's going to make it fun. All right. What when I say Diamond Dallas Page, besides the bang, Uh what what match or moment do you first think of? I think of the Macho Man feud. So do I. Yeah. 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 The Noel Bard match. Yeah, and then I think of Diamond Stud, and when he was having that like crew of of guys with him uh, when he was leading them around, I think of that too. But that's earlier DDP before the you know the big NWO boom. Uh, but that Macho Man one st- kind of sticks out the most. Um, yeah, that's kind of the most part. But yeah. I, I always think of, remember when Hall and Nash came down and they were like, hey, man, you're about to be a new member of the NWO. And he was the first guy to get a swerve on the NWO, at least yeah. from what I remember. Right, right, And right. it was like, here's the shirt. And so Kevin Nash is like, yeah. And Scott Hall is like, yeah. And then he grabs Kevin Nash, diamond cutter. Scott Hall turns around. He's like, ha-ha, and then runs into the crowd and then throws up the diamond symbol and everyone goes yeah. nuts. I think of that, and then I, I also that. think of one of the most absurd matches in two of the most absurd matches in uh, pro wrestling history. One, Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman versus DDP and Carl Malone. <laughs> yeah. What and then fuck. Hulk Jesus Hogan Christ. and Eric Bischoff versus DDP and Jay Leno. Yeah, Jay Leno. God, I forgot about that. What a fucking uh, mess. 
However, know. you know what? One thing I think WWE should steal from WCW besides Halloween Havoc, that should be a thing, mm-hmm. is Hog Wild. That was a fucking cool oh, concept. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and look, uh, you know a lot of those people uh, who go to Sturgis and, and do that whole thing love wrestling. And I'm sure that – I mean, it went over well. That crowd was always huge, and it was always a raucous crowd. And it just right. had – it felt right. It felt like it belonged there. Oh, and just imagine this, right? So we're pushing Baron Corbin to the moon right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You have him do his heel thing, which eventually goes baby. You have him do a baby face turn and then do hog wild, throw him on a fucking Harley, leading goddamn Sturgis yep. to the fucking leading ring. Leading a pack of, of bikers yeah. up to, yes, of course. That's the All leather jacketed up, yeah. Or because he's a lone wolf, what they would do is all the bikes would s- split like the Part. Red Sea. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he would yeah. just ride down the middle. Yes. And he's mentioned wanting to do that, like wanting to be able to ride his bike down to the ring and stuff. Yeah. Like that's been a thing he said he wants to do, which I, if, if he continues to get this push and does well, I don't see why they eventually wouldn't let him at some point. Or. Or you kick off the show with Undertaker doing his American badass gimmick with the American flag just flying down the fucking mm-hmm. road. Oh, <laughs> both of those are fucking fun. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's 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 move on. But hey, uh, before we do that, uh, DDP I think well deserved, especially with with all that we mentioned, and then his work with wrestlers today with the DDP yoga and getting people in shape and saving some people's lives. No brainer to be to even be oh, a headliner. Yeah, I don't think sure. I don't think he'll be the headliner, but he's a great first name to get people excited. Yeah, yeah. and like I said, he was a he was a part of a lot of big moments in WCW. He, other than Goldberg, was really their only. I mean, Sting is a separate story because Sting was before NWO and all that stuff. Yeah, but that Monday Night Wars. It was like Goldberg and DDP were the homegrown guys. Now, yes, you had Flair and Sting, but yeah. those guys were in the 80s. You know what I mean? Well, in a, a unique story, too, with not starting until he was 35. Right. You're likely to never see that again. And was another name that was kind of a household name at the time that non-wrestling fans knew. You know, they oh, knew the name Diamond Dallas Page. And the whole thing with Jay-Z suing him over the damn diamond cutter <laughs> symbol. I mean, yeah, he's contributed a lot to both the industry just as it is and then the mainstream perception of it, for sure. Well, yeah, because he, he did the pop culture thing, like I said, with Carl Malone and Jay Leno. Yep. I also remember his feud with Raven in WCW mm, yeah. that actually had a fight on Total Request Live with Carson Daly. Nice. I remember that. Yeah, nice. it was fucking crazy because I was like, holy shit, they're actually really wrestling on Total Request Live. Because like, they did a fist fight. They, they did like a fist fight. Security separated them, and then they threw it to a Britney Spears video. <laughs> Swear to God. I think it was a Britney Spears video That's or great. Christina Aguilera. One yeah, of them. Whatever it was at the time. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get your next story. How is he going to call real fights? All he knows is fake ones. It's got to be Grisham. Todd Grisham. Todd Grisham. As has been hired by the UFC. Now, here's the thing. Mike Goldberg, who is a longtime UFC commentator, uh, called his last fight this past weekend. So there's a void that needs to be filled there. However, the hiring of Grisham does not look to be uh, filling that void. So look for, if you are an MMA fan, someone else to be uh, filling the spot of Mike Goldberg. For right now, Todd Grisham will be a play-by-play commentator and will be... uh, making his debut at UFC Fight Night 
BJ Penn versus Rodriguez January 15th. Uh, and again, he won't be necessarily re- a replacement, but now without Mike Goldberg, they have John Anik. Now you have Todd Grisham. So they're getting some more depth to go along with the Joe Rogan, Dan Hardy, Brian Stans of the I world. I think Grisham's damn good. And, and I think he's damn good in the way that like he's – He's not gonna. He's not gonna be the story. That's a big mm-hmm. journalism thing, right? You're not yep. the story, right? You're telling the story in a way that if you do your job well, it's kind of like a referee. If you do your job well, nobody should be able to talk about you, right? They should well, almost not remember. Here's you. the thing. Yeah, and here's the thing because I saw a lot of my MMA friends like, oh, a former WWE guy. What is he gonna do? Call an F5 or a power bomb? Here's the thing. Grisham has been at ESPN for the past few years. He's been doing MMA live and boxing events. On top of that, he was handling the play-by-play duties for glory kickboxing yeah. on UFC Probably Fight been Pass. doing that longer so than they he know did WWE, right? I mean – Right. So, yeah, I mean, he got he got his notoriety from WWE because he was doing the backstage interviews with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels during that time period. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's been at ESPN long enough to know uh, what he's saying. And he's been doing play by play for glory kickboxing, which is on UFC Fight Pass. So really, the brass probably saw, hey, this guy that is airing or this guy that's calling fights on our network or fight pass whatever you want to call it is damn good and now mike goldberg's out we need to hire him so and a good i think wwe a commentator or or whatever wrestling thing it doesn't mean that you're only good at calling fake stuff like a good right. a good play-by-play or color commentator should be able color commentating maybe not so much there may be harder for a crossover but a play-by-play should be able to play-by-play nearly anything if you give them enough time to kind of understand the concept of the sport or whatever that they are that they're calling Definitely. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, uh, if you're calling similar things like boxing, kickboxing, Mm -hmm. MMA, maybe not do the color because that's what Rogan and Dan Hardy and Brian Stan are for. But you should be able to hold your own and say like, okay, I know the the ebb and flow of what's going on and I know how to start and stop. That's what color is for is because those are the people who have done it or studied it, know that thing more than the average person. A play-by-play needs to be good at Calling what they see and knowing the correct terminology and being able to do it rapid fire and and describe it well to somebody who's watching. And uh, last note on this, if you do want to follow Todd Grisham, he has changed his Twitter handle because of this new move, and he is at Grisham MMA, so G-R-I-S-H-A-M-M-M-A. So is he off ESPN now? There you go. What's that? He's off ESPN now, isn't he? Yeah, so the hiring of him to the UFC means that he is leaving ESPN. Okay. All right. Job open, T Mac. Go get it. I want to go UFC. So we don't care if he killed someone because he's going to die? Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker will not face charges for the 1983 death of his then-girlfriend, Nancy Argentino, as the judge in his retrial case has dropped all charges against him. After reviewing new medical releases, the judge deemed Snooker's recent diagnosis of terminal stomach cancer, with a timeline of six months left to live, did not support moving forward with the retrial. I get when somebody's mentally unstable and it's just cruel to stick them up on a box and make them answer questions, obviously, and it's not fair. Uh, But this one was specifically because, well, he's going to die soon. Well, I mean... Maybe I get maybe if you're saying we don't have he's going to die before we have time to complete this, but you still don't like I've seen them posthumously, you know what I mean? Like it's I don't know. It's just it's it's odd that we're just like, ah, forget it. Yeah, so what? He maybe killed somebody. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't care about that. I mean, we have solved murders in this country and other countries abroad mm-hmm. without the person being alive. Right. 
So it doesn't fucking matter that he can't go up there in the box and answer a question. Just say he can't, and let's use the evidence we have and say, hey, you motherfucker, before you die, you have to pay for what you fucking did. And it's not like him getting on the stand was going to break this case. Like, that's not what's going to— Well, but he could, because he could just be like, "Uh, sir, did you kill this woman? Like, banana, coconut, uh, (laughs) Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper. Of course. Right, but you know, you get what I mean? Like, that's not what they were—like— Aside from him being crazy and not able to actually answer questions, that's not what's going to be like the final piece of evidence they were missing, right? Like something else would have had to convict him in this case. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That they still could find out. Right. And and who knows? Maybe he didn't. I mean, this is all alleged, of course. Uh, but, yeah. He fucking did it. I don't care. <laughs> Allegedly. <Yeah. laughs> All right. That's the news for this week. Stick around. We're going to come back. We're going to answer some Tweet the Table. And then after that, we're going to get into that great interview we talked about with Mark Bland. What's up, T-Mac? I got an extra bonus Oh, you uh, got an headline. extra? Oh, oh, wait, yeah. wait, oh, wait. Here we go. Here. Whoa, whoa. I like this. Surprise. Yeah, it's a surprise one for you. And it's a TNA one. Nope. Anthem Anthem officially buys majority stake in TNA. Dixie Carter resigns as uh, chief uh, executive officer. So she's still nice. with the company, but she is no longer in the majority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which I think uh, was known to come out. They just hadn't officially made that announcement. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go, see if they change anything up or do anything different. Uh, I think they need to. I don't know. What do you think? I think they need to fucking go away and call themselves something different. I think that's the only way you're ever going to. You can keep the broken Matt Hardy stuff, get rid of Impact Wrestling, get rid of TNA, get rid of all things that remind me of the fucking shit fire that it is right now. That's what you have to do. That's the only way companies survive is when they're down in the dumps, you reboot. I like it. Well, we're not going to reboot. We're just going to take a break. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> a little coughing you okay spell getting there. choked up yep. are you getting choked up because dixie's leaving yeah i'm just i'm so sad that, that dixie's leaving the end of an era oh end all right well give me a little bit of time to go find my safe space and recover from this uh we'll come back and do some tweet the table when we come back to the spanish announce table on spanish net and lebron james makes an estimate lebron james that little french makes fella an esti- yeah, the little French fella. He makes an estimated $7,700 per shot during an NBA basketball game. <laughs> Your life sucks. TrinityTopicsNetwork.com Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the million dollar man. It's a new day. Yes, it is. It is a new day. It's a new year on the Spanish Announce Table. It's 2017, and we're coming in hot. In hot, T-Mac. Uh, this is Tweet the Table. I did wear, uh, for New Year's Eve, my New Day shirt. Nice. I felt it was only appropriate. I like that. That's a good, yeah, that's a good little wrinkle there. I like that. Yeah, this is uh, Tweet the Table. This is where you tell us what to talk about. You do that by going on your Twitter machine and using hashtag Tweet the Table and giving us your any and every wrestling thought. And we're going to read them right here. Right now, oh my goodness, on this show, so says the possible future mayor of Houston. <laughs> Tweet the table. We normally break these up by the show, but there wasn't a whole lot this week, which is kind of expected after a holidays. People don't 
You know, I mean, they're not as involved. So I just put it all into one big category. Yeah. Categories. Categories. Such as uh-huh. WWE. Well, right. It's all remember just. That? It's, it's all. Huh. Do you remember that game though? It would be like categories, yes. such as tennis shoes, mm. Nike. Uh, I, I also remember playing presidents and assholes, and you'd have to do like, you know, uh, you play the card game presidents and assholes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then there would be a categories. One oh, of those, yeah. right? You'd be like, uh-huh. uh, "Oh, this one pissed me off." It was feminine products, right? It was oh, brand names what? of feminine products, which we were doing okay. But by the third time it came around to me, I said, "Always save," which is like the generic brand that you find at the, at the, <laughs> at the store, you know. And the girls were like, "No," and I was like, "No bullshit! I guarantee you." There's some like always save maxi pads, and they were like, "No, take a drink." I was like, "No, fuck that!" I was like, "We're going to the store right now." <laughs> I was I was adamant, but now I had to take a drink. I guess I when I was really heavy into my partying days, uh-huh. and I like I love. Thought maybe you were gonna say you had a heavy party. flow. <laughs> Well, no, no, but I used to get mad when I would win at those things. Like, take a shot. I'm like, I want, I want to take a shot. Like, yeah, no, that's yeah. not how it was. The loser. It was like, well, I'm here to get fucked up. Yeah. So I don't know about you. So yeah. I'm taking a drink. My my most famous presidents and asshole story was uh, one of those is waterfall. When uh-huh. you know somebody starts drinking and it goes around. Oh yeah. And, and I got into a shootout with a guy named Big Steve. And this is oh, not Jesus. this is not a uh, you know calling a fat guy a tiny kind of a situation. <laughs> this man was Big Steve, and uh, I wasn't gonna lose to Big Steve. Goddamn it! They were handing us beers out the fridge, and yeah, I I, I uh, did not. My body did not appreciate my dogged <laughs> determination to <laughs> defeat Big Steve because as soon as I defeated Big Steve, I stood up from the table, went outside, and vomited up probably I don't know half a case of beer at that point your, your body <laughs> defeated you yeah exactly it was like good job asshole big steve's right. fine you yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you big, are fucked you're big dumb ass yeah. oh. i just remember like playing beer pong and i'd, I'd shoot it and i'd hit it you know and they drink yeah. i'm like well i want to drink too i played right. one time i played beer yeah. pong one time with uh uh vodka Try that. Oh, gosh, no. That's a Uh, fucking hard game. One of our favorite things to do was the power hour. Oh, I love that. I did that every Thursday. Love the power hour. Anybody who doesn't know. Because they'd have a mix. Because they'd have a mix sometimes. Like a radio, like a channel would say like power hour. Because it was like music choice and it was college. And they would always play a power hour. And you just fucking chug the shit out of it. Yeah, well, now there's like websites, so you don't have to watch the clock. Because how many times you play Power Hour and uh, three minutes have gone by and you didn't realize yeah, you got to take three shots? Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, that's you take a shot of beer every minute for an hour. Sounds easy enough, right? You drink like eight <laughs> beers in an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so great. All right, let's get into Tweet the Table. At Chris Mercado32 says, Foley looks like just how he did when he was the commission. 2000, hashtag Tweet the Table. And at Right Dave Wright says, Foley should bring back the commission gavel. Hashtag Tweet the Table. I think he looks cr- That guy, no matter what he does, he can lose weight. He can shave. He can get in a suit. He can be fat. He can have a Santa beard. He always looks fucking terrible. He just looks like a sack of yogurt, like you said. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Oh. The thing I actually noticed, well, first off, he his body looks great for his age and what he put his sure, body through. All the weight he's lost, all that stuff. Sure. But it looked like just around his eyes, you could just see the death matches and ladders and yeah. thumbtacks all just like in his eyes. All it was in just his eye sockets, so even. Sad. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. Uh. 
I don't know. At Chris Mercado32 says, I'm really digging these back and forth diss promos between Natty and Nikki. Hashtag tweet table. And you said it best, and I put this on my um, uh, awesome thoughts of SmackDown Live on, on our website. Go check that out. Uh, they're both right. <laughs> yeah, they're both right. They're both 100% right. Uh, so uh, I wrote that it feels like when you have two friends that start arguing with each other and you're like, yeah, guys, you both suck as human beings. Can we move on now? Like, we yeah. all know this about each other. <laughs> like, I you smell and weakest... you don't do the dishes. Like, we get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're saying the flaw that everyone knows in each other. And you're like, yep, yeah. you do suck at that. And yep, you, you are riding the coattails. You guys so... are just realizing this? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, that was honestly to me the weakest part of the entire SmackDown. I yeah. thought SmackDown was fan fucking tastic. Great again. show, I'll give you that to you. At the ultimate one says, "Well, this is one of the most lackluster last man standing matches I've seen." Hashtag tweet the table. And at WIR Canada says, "Graves blames Foley for Zane's Zane's demise. Never give up." Sounds like he should be blaming Cena. Hashtag tweet the table. I couldn't disagree with Ultimate One more. I thought it was a damn good last man standing match. I think the only thing that hurt it is the placement of where it was in the show. If you put that as the main event, yeah. then people think higher stakes, what will happen. But mm-hmm. when you put it at the, I think it was eight o'clock central yeah. time, you know, that second hour ish. Yeah, um, I think that's when people are like, well, there's more show after this. You know what I mean? That, I, that feeling of well, what's after this kind of thing. And that's what I think hurt it. What I think it did really well was it, it rubbed both guys very well. It still made Strowman look like a monster badass, and it made Zayn also look like he could hang. Right? It didn't right. make Zayn look like well, he could hang and thus weaken Strowman. It did the exact opposite. Like both guys came out of this looking great. And I think the 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 best thing for Zayn's character, because I'm always going to be in Sami Zayn's corner, at least for the foreseeable future, is he lost a last man standing match. He didn't lose a pro wrestling match. He is a mm-hmm. pro wrestler. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He's a tactician. He's a one, two, three kind of guy where he can put your shoulders to the mat. This is a war of attrition. This is a war of I'm bigger than you. So, of course, Strowman would win that in the way that he did power slamming them on the outside. So I thought it was great for both guys, like you said. At WIR Canada says, I love Reigns, but man, the big dog nickname is horrible. Hashtag tweet the table. I don't understand why you love him. I mean, he's not terrible. Right? Don't get me wrong, but there's just nothing from this guy. Like, the charisma is seriously lacking for a guy who looks that good and is that big. It's just like, man, give me something here. You should he be can't. the coolest guy in the room, which I'm sure you are in real life, but it's just not coming across. Yeah, another guy was that way too. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. I like it. Yeah, you, you you keep applying that and it's true every time. I mean, look at Lex Luger. Look at Lex Luger at any point in his career. He looked like the number one fucking guy. If you didn't say, if you told every one of them to shut the fuck up and stand there in their gear, you're going to point at Lex Luger and say, that's the fucking well, and dude. That's, and that's guess why what? WWE tried to do that with the Lex yep. Express and all that. Like, yeah. yeah, and this all is right. another version of that. Three people chime in on this one at Chris Mercado32 says, The Titus brand? That's something we shouldn't have or we should have left in 2016. Hashtag tweet the table. At Katie First. Lady. Says, No offense to Big E and Woods, but we all watched the Rumble for Kofi, and you know it's true. Hashtag tweet the table. And at GBL316 says, Hashtag tweet the table. Who do we have here? Who? 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 It's the Titus O'New Day. Hashtag Rafflemau. First of all, uh, Titus sucks, but that was the most fun I've seen out of Titus since like their first like face run as PTP. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it feels like they're starting to practice for when the New Day's split up. Because that felt like a, can what Xavier Woods does on the mic in a face-off get over, right? That's kind of what it felt like. A, All right, well, go out there and show us what you could do, right? I felt like it was a very promising storyline that they rushed into five minutes. Me too. Imagine, imagine, imagine if that's a slow burn, right? Yeah. So imagine that the New Day win the match, right? Let's just say Monday night they had a match with uh, uh, the Shining Stars, right? And they beat them. Yep. And then afterwards they're like, hey, reminder, we are the W. And then Titus cuts him off and does exactly what he does. And then he goes, Hey guys, that was a great win. I'd love to be part of your group. And they cut him down and they leave him in the ring standing. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're like, man, you suck. And then he's just like, Oh man. And then you do very similar, but obviously with a little bit different wrinkles, but you do very similar. The Mickey James obsessed with Trish Stratus, but Titus O'Neil obsessed almost like the movie 300. Remember the hunchback that was like obsessed with being in 300 and Sparta. And then he fucking ends up ruining them. (laughs) Even going so far as calling himself Titus O'New day. Like, right. Like, come on. Yeah. That could have been. Because what else is New Day doing? Like, that could have bought them some time until they figured out exactly how they want. Because this breakup's coming. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's got to happen sooner rather than later. So well, this could have bought some time or even helped transition into that. They, he could have spurned the downfall. Right. And then one of them breaks off with him. And you could have got three consecutive weeks of matches. So next, so you do that this week, right? Yep. You do the, hey, Titus, I want to join New Day. New Day says, go fuck off. Then they, Titus says, hey, let me prove that I can be in this group. I'll take on the weakest link. I'm taking on uh, uh, Xavier, Woods. Xavier Woods. Xavier still beats him. Hey, man, his style just doesn't match up with mine. But that high flyer. Baby. Oh. I or yeah or yeah the big yeah. E he's not as big as me I want him boom 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 all right well then my last shot before you know you guys kick me out let me go up against Kofi Kingston that's four weeks of programming yep. Yep. right there right there and the same storyline with new like you could keep it entertaining though like it, it yeah writes itself and you could yeah and you could do these little wrinkles backstage where like uh, maybe Kofi's like. Man, Big E, uh, you know, that was a great match, but why does Xavier Woods always miss the exit or something like that? And Titus O'Neil is just lurking around the corner and he listens and then he tells Xavier Woods like, hey, man, do you know Kofi thinks you suck at driving? Yeah. And then wah, 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 there you go. I love it. God, Jesus, man. It was so right there. But no, let's just do it all in 10 minutes. Let's do it all. Yep. At Chris Mercado 32 says, finally, Dolph Ziggler and his Twitter handle actually makes sense. Hashtag tweet the table. And it made sense to do the heel turn because did you hear what he yelled when he fucking super yeah, kicked Kalisto? Yeah, he's like, I, I, do, I don't need you. I never needed anybody. Like the whole, yeah. Yeah, I don't need your help. And that's a perfect, perfect heel turn because actually it's just like any one of us, right? Yeah. How many times have you messed up in life and someone says, hey, man, you want me to take a look at it? And you go, no, get the fuck God away. Damn it, no. I can figure yeah. this out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfect. Yep, yep. I hope. I hope I like Apollo Cruz. I do. I just for a match perspective, if you're going to go with the heel turn, it's easy wins for Dolph Ziggler and it's exciting for us all to watch. But if you do Kalisto Dolph Ziggler, you're building up Kalisto and you're getting fun matches because, you know, those motherfuckers can do the flips and shits. And so you're getting Dolph Ziggler Kalisto in a pay-per-view match. At yeah, I guess I just, you, you know, now that we're, we're saying this, Here's how unforgettable it feels like it's going to be to me, though, if that happens, because I wrote about this in the damn article 
uh, on on our website, and I called him Sin Cara the whole goddamn time because he's fucking Kalisto, man. Well, like, yeah, just... I mean, as far as that, but hopefully you. <laughs> God get damn it! I need point. to go back and fucking rewrite the article now. Shit, right. because I mean, fuck, it's the same guy. <laughs> but, but you get know what I'm saying? He can yeah. do the fun flips and shit. And Dolph Ziggler, besides Sami Zayn, in my opinion, sells better than anyone. So right there is just fucking fun. Yeah. Fun. And, and I do like this. I mean, obviously, Dolph was stale, needed a change. This is kind of where it had to go. But SmackDown, we've alluded to this, is already heel heavy. So I kind of don't know where he fits in. They've got to get somebody into this face realm. Well, that's why I'm saying. If you have him lose a couple times to Kalisto, you at least have a mid-card face right there that can at least do something. But yeah, it's all fucking heels except for Dean now. Yeah, right. At Table Show T-Mac says, seriously, how many times can Cena rephrase that tired out promo? I get it. You love to perform in the WWE. Hashtag Tweet Table. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, man. It's so overdone. Just stop it already and so many people and here i've said this a million times it feels like on the podcast so if you're hearing this for the millionth time i apologize but these guys who uh cover pro wrestling that get to know these guys need to get their bias out of the fucking opinions or hot takes so like i follow a guy named brian campbell he he does uh cheap heat with uh peter rosenberg and he's a Brilliant guy. He covers uh, MMA, boxing, and WWE for ESPN. Brilliant, brilliant guy. But he knows John Cena. They've mm-hmm. interviewed with each other. He's interviewed him a few different times. He's gotten to know the real John Cena, not the pro wrestler. Right. So what he does what he does is, what a great, passionate promo by Cena. Even a couple <laughs> other guys that we've had on this sh- these shows uh, know John Cena. And it's like, that was great. And it's like, no it is it it's the same thing since i mean he's been doing this i love wwe promo uh, i want to say since 2011 yeah it's it yeah i i probably even you think it even edge right wasn't yeah. you doing it around the edge yeah. time Is oh, that and rvd rvd i yeah. mean that was kind of when it really started then too yeah i mean i mean <laughs> jesus i get it come up now if you want to say the new era is not something I approve of. Now you're saying something different. I am what this company is defined by, not you. Okay, that's a little wrinkle that I can get behind. But the uh, you have to go, I don't have to go to the events, that's passion. No, that's not. That's yeah. just you picking days. And we fucking get it, man. We fucking get it. Yeah, we get it. It's like how many times can you say that same thing? It's like, how many times is going to have the same reaction? <laughs> yeah. At, three people chimed in on this one. At WIR Cata says, Kevin Owens show with Goldberg. God, they're going to feed their universal champ to a 50-year-old bag of bones, aren't they? Hashtag tweet the table. At Chris Mercado 32 says, KO show is just great. Or the set is just great. A lawn chair, a random monkey with a sign on his face. This is great. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Lady Undertaker says, Kevin Owens is his own talk segment now. Worthy replacement for the highlight reel. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, the guy standing there with the sign on his face. Yes. To me, that just epitomizes this whole Jericho thing. Every week, there's something new that they do that makes me smile. Every week that we haven't seen or haven't heard, at least in for a long time. or never. I've never seen somebody make a guy stand there with a sign on his face. 
And here's here's the thing, and and I'm going back to the new day, and then for some reason, for some reason, in pro wrestling, they've never understood this. The only person I can think of off the top of my head while I'm saying this that has fit what I'm trying to describe is RVD, and it's this. As a heel, they're doing things just like you said that are fucking amazing, right? Yeah. They're mm-hmm. using a person as a prop uh, when – uh, um, New Day was saying country music sucks. That's not my character. That's, yeah, that's me. me. Yeah. All of that stuff. That's great. And they were doing it as heels. But then for some reason, when they turn baby face, all that shit goes away. Yeah. And then they go into these cliche dumb shit. Like when Corny RVD horns, was yeah. a heel, right? When RVD yep. was a heel, he would attack Taz from behind. But then when he became a baby face, he was still Mr. 420, yep. Mr. The whole fucking show. Yeah. Nothing changes when, about him. Yeah, nothing changed about his personality at all other than he just stopped doing cheating tactics. Because what it. you could do, like if it, you could make Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho baby faces next week, because you know what you do? You do that same segment with – Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, and instead of bringing out Goldberg or Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, you bring out Stephanie McMahon, and she goes out as a heel and says, I don't want to be on this show. I don't mm-hmm. know why you booked me on this show, yada, 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 and now they're baby faces. Right there, there's the quick turn. Yeah. I think Nash and Hall got that also. They kind of would be that same True. way. Yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, But that's about it. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really not... Yeah. 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 All right. At Lady Undertaker. I just wish that when when they're fucking cool in their heels, they can still be fucking cool. They just interact with the heels. Right. Yeah. That's all they have to do. Yeah. At Lady Undertaker says, is Chad Gable becoming the new Kurt Angle or will he be his own man? Hashtag tweet the table. Well, he's not six foot, so he's always going to be in a tag team. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that tag team, but look, they're so young and so new to this that they've got time to develop their personalities out of this. What? Give it a year and put him in the flips and shits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be good Holy in that. Chad yeah. Gable and Neville. Yeah, you see that yeah. That'll be a great I match. Know. That'll be a great match. And the ultimate one says, "Why does everyone make fun of Bailey's ponytail?" I don't get it. Hashtag tweet table because it's just it's a little bob at the top. It looks like a damn. Well, it's a side ponytail, and yeah, that's what right. five year olds do. Yeah, exactly. Right. My my niece does that. At Chris Mercado 32 says, Jericho used the classic Eddie cheat to win tactic, only he didn't win. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, because he went up against fucking Roman Reigns. A perfect way to get him off of this U.S. title and give it to Jericho, who then can have some legs and have a feud with the Sami Zayn. I've said this too, like Roman Reigns with any title has done nothing. It hasn't helped Roman Reigns' character at all, and Roman Reigns has done nothing for the title. Any title he's ever had, right? Same thing with Dean Ambrose. I feel that same way about Dean Ambrose. Neither, like, they don't do anything for the title, and the title doesn't do anything for them. It's just the same. Uh, I, I would say yes. However, with Dean's first WWE title run, I would disagree because that did add legitimacy to who he was. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that on that, his first title that, run. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that took him out of the fatal four-way for the IC belt to yeah. now he's a main eventer, and then it established a, a different brand. Yeah. So, but yes, when he had the U.S. title for a year and a half and never defended it, uh, this IC title run do doesn't well, feel like it's gonna. It, it could be. This is pretty cool. I, I feel I like the the feud four-way. doesn't even need the title, but I feel like Miz f- 
the title helps Miz a lot because that's his character. Big star, gold, you know what I mean? Like it just makes sense, right? But I'm telling you, this is how you should book it. Here's another T Mac books it. Okay. This is how you do it, right? So you have this love four way and it's still fucking great. Renee yep. Young yep. and Dean Ambrose, uh Maurice and um and Miz. Uh, Miz, right? And so you're doing this whole thing. The blow off is that Maurice costs Miz the match and Dean Ambrose retains the title, right? Yeah. That's the blow off for that feud. Here is where you transition Miz from uh, IC title to WWE heavyweight champion. AJ Styles has to go over on John Cena. Fuck the 16 time bullshit. It's not right now. We don't want to see that fucking wait till WrestleMania 60. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But AJ goes over, right? Then AJ comes out and he says on the next week on SmackDown after Royal Rumble, I've literally done it all here on the brand. This is the best I have ever been. No one can touch me, yada, yada, yada. And if you watch Talking Smack, how Miz said, I'm the fucking best and everyone should know that. I don't get how everyone doesn't know it. Miz comes out as the heel. Listen here, AJ. You think you've done everything. I'm the most deserving champion here. I'm the people's champion. They yeah. all boo. Yeah. And I want that belt because yeah. now I'm more than the IC belt in Dean Ambrose. I can beat you. I... AJ then gets the baby faces, uh, the baby face uh, cheers because everyone already cheers him. Yep. And then Miz is now in the main yep. event And picture. I love that. And I can't wait for that because I feel like that those two working together, especially on the mic, that's going to be great. Uh, and oh AJ Styles' face, Miz's heel showdown is great. And, it's, and going back to when Dean Ambrose won the title and we said, hey, that's what the crowd wanted. And that's why you got the reaction it did is now you get when when we go and I'm saying me and you as the IWC, when we go to SmackDown, we say, let's go, AJ, regardless of who the baby face is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's Dean Ambrose. Doesn't fucking matter. It's John Cena. Doesn't fucking matter. So now. We say, let's go, AJ, but so does the fucking eight-year-old with his gloves on, Yeah, right? Yeah. And we always say, Miz fucking sucks, because even though he's amazing, it's just like Charlotte, we don't fucking like that guy. Yeah, yeah. And so now you get proper cheers and boos. That's yes. how fucking wrestling works. Yes. God damn it, man. It's that hard. At GBL316 says, hashtag tweet the table. Happy New Year, table showers. Cesaro versus Anderson is money. Okay. Uh, Cesaro, still, not a whole lot of personality when you get him on a mic. This storyline is doing better for him, uh, but every time he gets in that damn ring, the guy reminds me that he's a fucking stud. He's just... <laughs> massive he's light on his feet for being how big of a man he is and can mm -hmm. just just fly around the ring can do all kinds of just fun shit he is great in the ring and gets the crowd hyped he's a great get out there and get the crowd going guy he is the most in need of a manager outside of Brock yes. Lesnar because Brock Lesnar can't cut a promo right. either to save his life. Yeah. Unless it's a uncensored, I don't give a shit about your kids God, kind of thing. such a great line. Right. But like, that's different. You can't yeah. do that every week. No, right. right? Yeah. So, and not. Such a great line. Yeah. God. But he doesn't need to be a, a Paul Heyman guy because Paul Heyman, is, it, Paul Heyman is always going to be married to Brock Lesnar. And it's just a Let's different just feel. You know, yeah. Heyman works better with that kind of a play, right? right? That kind of a, this is a, a, a monster that I've got to have on a leash. Don't make me let go of this leash. And Cesaro's right. not that guy. No, he's just the best 
purest wrestler. You do one of two things. I, this is these would be another. I like doing these booking things mm-hmm, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Th- these would be my one or two options with Cesaro. You either give him a manager that's a slimy scumbag, and for some reason, the only person that I think that fits a million percent is James Ellsworth. Mm-hmm. You give. James Ellsworth as the manager to Cesaro where Ellsworth picks on everyone and then, haha, you can't beat me up because I got Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Or or if you keep him on Raw, you do option number two. And I don't know the name off the top of my head, but you do the Chris Candino, no gimmicks needed. You have him walk out in black trunks. Don't have him say his ass. Don't even fucking give him the fucking James Bond yeah, shit. No, he yeah. just walks out and he says, hey, Everyone on here is telling you how you doing or Machka or you can't see me. And mm. I'm just here winning fucking matches. And he just wins every yeah. fucking time. Yeah. Mr. No Gimmicks Needed. Yeah. I'm just, I'm that damn good in here. Like, I, I don't yeah. need to say something to get you to care. I do my talking in that ring. Yeah. Uh, and you put that towel back on his head. I, I'm glad Remember you mentioned that? this Ellsworth thing, right? I because, because hear me out on this Carmella Ellsworth thing, right? Oh, Carmella's okay. using Ellsworth, taking advantage, right? So he can be the pawn, be in the right place at the right time to help her win matches unknowingly, right? That she's mm-hmm. just using him, right? What mm-hmm. I want is for us to find out that Ellsworth is a lot more cunning and smart than we think he is. And he knows that, but he's using her because eventually he's going to get her to do more than she thought she would have to do to keep him on the line because he's a dumbass, uh-huh. right? And right. pretty soon he gets more action than she thought she was going to have to give to him, and he's like, <laughs> dumb bitch you know what i mean like and then yeah that's how you can transition it into the sleazy james ellsworth harvey whippleman kind of thing you said right and then you have him turn on her right and say sorry toots i got everything yeah. i got i needed out yeah. of you now you, thought you were using to... me but oh. turns out i was using you yes so you do this so you have this go on for a few months right mm-hmm. and then you have ellsworth turn on carmella with Natty. Yeah. And it's the whole I'm bench. Oh, and then you do backstage segments where Natty gets ready for a match by bench pressing Ellsworth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on. At Chris Mercado32 says, These Emelina vignettes have been on for a solid two to three months and we're still waiting. Is that a record hashtag tweet table? I know we waited a long time for the Wyatts. That felt like that went on for months. Carlito was another one that was forever. Um, uh, uh, the damn Funkasaurus, even though it wasn't supposed to be the Funkasaurus, it was all about right. Rhodus Clay going to be a monster, and then yeah. all of a sudden he comes out as the damn Funkasaurus out of nowhere. Uh, but those went on for a long time. But yeah, these have been going be for a the while. Longest one. Oh, oh, remember when Jericho came back? But they were doing like the creepy girl yes. and all yeah. that, and it was something weird. And then he just was like, "Yeah," never yeah. talked to anyone. <laughs> Didn't say a single word. <laughs> What a weird-ass thing. All right. At GBL316 says, hashtag tweet the table, arguably the best Raw I've seen this year. Arguably. Well, it's the only one. Arguably. At the ultimate well, one it's says. the only one this year. <laughs> yeah, that's still arguable. At the ultimate one says, bring it to the table. No. No more roundtable talk shows. But this one has Peter Rosenberg on it, so I might check it out. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Chris Mercado32 says, the new show with Rosenberg, Heyman, and JBL looks promising. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check that out, uh, although I still think we'd be better on it. Yeah, and they, <laughs> I watched it. Uh, they 
I mean, well, WWE is never going to let them go real hard. And that's what I'm saying. The the closest yeah. they came is Heyman pushed back on Rosenberg and was like, do you think Raw should be two hours? And he's like, yep. Mm. That's other than that. It was like, should Conor McGregor come to the WWE? Like Conor gives a fuck. Yeah, right. And it was like, will we see Hogan back? And it's like, we're already hearing his voices on the fucking well, promos. And, and we know this was accepted. WWE's not going to clear them to give a hot take uh, on right. that. They've yeah. still got to be, yeah, it's just never going to really come off in the machine like that. At the Ultimate One says, Cody wins. I like the American Nightmare gimmick. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, Cody Rhodes, what they say is first person to do WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, yep. Final yep. Battle, and Bound for Glory all in the same year. Yeah, that's Dude's amazing. getting around. Dude's getting around. And he looks like I get – he has this like Top Gun thing with that jacket. It always yeah. makes me think of saying goose. But, yeah. Um, or, or I just want to chomp at him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's fucking cool. He is. I hate that he can only say Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Like it- – Stop yeah. being petty. No yeah, one's stop fucking, being petty. We all know. We all know. Yeah, we all know. And uh, nobody's gonna like go to WWE and look for like you don't. You're not even selling any Cody Rhodes merchandise, are you? On WWE, mm-hmm. like you're selling Stardust shit. Right. <coughs> Whatever. At Chris Mercado, thirty-two says a Tajiri return isn't right without some green mist. Hashtag tweet the table. You got it. <laughs> the Jerry return just isn't right. And the ultimate one says, "Adam Cole, baby." It's kind of dumb to say out loud, but kind of cool at the same time. Hashtag tweet the table. I like it. Yeah, and it he is kind of the first ever uh, Ring of Honor three-time <laughs> champ, which is amazing considering some of the people that have held that title. Joe, Brian, Styles. Yeah, did he hold the ROH title? Styles? I believe so. I know he held the uh, pure championship mm, or whatever yeah. it was called. But yeah, but just I mean, uh, but, there's been some names. Yeah, I mean, Adam Cole them. looks WWE ready too. Yeah, yeah. Like he's more ready than uh, who who's the guy they just signed that was Mister ROH oh, for yeah. nine years. Uh, goddamn, what was his name? Shelly? No, that's not no. right. Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. Right that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Cole yeah. is yeah. fucking uh-huh. money. At Chris Mercado, thirty-two. Vanilla. <laughs> Chris Mercado 32 says Neville's hairline is fucked. Hashtag tweet the table. And at the ultimate one says, All right, WWE, it's your turn to blow us away with WrestleMania because uh oh, these are two different things. Let's just let's just stop on Chris Mercado. Neville's hairline is fucked. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, so yeah, is uh, and, so and is Corbin. I get it. I get it. Like it's he's angry. Yeah. What's act two? Right, yeah. Everyone's yeah. angry. Yeah, okay, right, so you're, you're angry, angry, but what are you going to do with that now? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So. At the Ultimate One says, all right, WWE, it's your turn to blow us away with WrestleMania because New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 11 was fucking awesome. Hashtag tweet the table. Haven't seen it yet. It was very good, but here, let, let me pump everyone's brakes, okay? Because mm-hmm. this is what I do, it seems like, every time around this year. Look, was uh, the Kenny Omega match fucking awesome? It was really, really good, right? Mm-hmm. But remember, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble was just as good. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler versus Miz was just as good. Just because it's over there and not everyone knows doesn't make it fucking cooler, right. okay? Like, it was very good. A it's thumbs a hipster, up. hipster phenomenon there. Right, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. know why the Kenny Omega is so fucking cool? 
because he's not on WWE. If mm. he was on fucking WWE, he'd be the Bullet Club. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I and the Bullet Club is <laughs> good. They are good. Yeah. The Rubber Band Club is uh-huh. fucking good. But realize, and I and, and I, I don't hate anyone for liking New Japan. I like New Japan. Right. Yeah. I like that one fucking big, uh, looks like a goddamn mini fridge that just heads butt motherfuckers all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, I yeah. fucking love that. And then the fat guy with the tits who like jumps around. And then they got this like Japanese fucking fake Hogan guy that does like a headbutt from the top. I can't remember all their names, but they're fucking fun, right? But mm-hmm. the absolute best in this world at pro wrestling are all in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. That's guys. how it goes. Yeah. That's where it so is. So when it's the best match, it's WWE. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It just. At the ultimate one says, wait, the G1's going to be in Los Angeles? Hashtag tweet the table. Ooh. Uh, is I that true? That? Did I miss? Yeah. But he, he said it. Uh, he hashtagged the uh, New Japan. So maybe mm. they announced that. Or maybe portions yeah. of it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be tough, though, because you got to fly guys back and forth. Hot take. Hot take, hot take. All right, speaking of hot takes, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to get to uh, uh, Mr. Hot Take himself. He's going to hate if he hears us say that. <laughs> no, uh, we're going to have Mark Bland. Uh, just You just got to stick around and find out. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to say anything about him. Just, just wait through the break and listen to his interview. It's fun. We liked it. You'll like it, too. Yeah? Yeah. All right, that's when we return to the Spanish announce table, which is on Spanish announce table dot net and if a male looks at meat on a plate it slows his heart rate down trainingtopicsnetwork.com you got tools in your religion all designed to keep you safe but when rules start getting broken you start questioning your faith i have a voice that is my savior Welcome to the second hour-ish of the Spanish Announce Table on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Yeah. Man, T-Mac, it's been a while since we've been able to use that music. We've been doing the three-segment show for a while. Which is fun, too. It is fun, too, yeah. It's a, it's a work night, and just like school nights, we got to get to bed early. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of an insomniac. I don't know that early for me is is before like one thirty. It's always what? The, what do you mean in in the morning? Yeah, I'm always up late. Always up late. I know, because I always wake up to like 13 text messages. Like, hey, did you see this intercontinental title change? Hey, did you see this? I'm like, what are you doing? It's 12:45 yeah. at night. Yeah, and then I'll be tired all day long, but of course I get that yeah, second Yeah, and then win. you have six cup of coffees, and you're like, I don't get it. I just can't get out of this funk. <laughs> yes, well, I haven't always been the greatest on this body of mine, but... Maybe you should uh, go to bed earlier. Hot take! Hot take! Speaking of hot takes, we got a gentleman on the line here who doesn't like that term, and you know he's he's right, as he mentioned. It's kind of a uh, overused term in radio. We have Mark Bland of... Of many things, I don't. Mean, he's of the queue. He's uh, Mark. Are you, are you there? Why don't you just uh, since you are a professional uh, voice, as it were, why don't you, you can probably hype yourself up better than we could. Why don't you give everybody a rundown on what it is of the many things that you do? 
technically, I'm a professional ballerina, and that's it. <laughs> that's that's perfect. I like that. Who is it? That's yeah. all I do. I uh, I tour around the world. A lot of Tchaikovsky playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Me in tights, floating through the air and pirouetting. That's great. I. Uh, how long is your performances? I've been practicing. How long yeah. is how my long are, How long is your performances? Uh, you know, it's a it's a one man show. Usually, relatively private. By myself in my bedroom, mm-hmm. a couple of mirrors to look into. A couple you know, of mirrors. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, you know, got the front and the back. Right. You understand. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, uh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> my performance is 45 minutes. It's it's a solid 45, though. I, it, huh. you, you definitely get your money's worth. No intermission. Um, no intermission. Just like a straight that. 45. Just for tips, or um, is there a cover? Or... <laughs> No, no covers. No covers. Okay. All right. Uh, well, maybe, you know, indie wrestling covers, you know, like seven, eight, ten bucks, something like that. Right, yeah. And, and I haven't gone dog. quite down that road yet, but, you know, we're on, our, we're on our way. Yeah, okay, perfect. So you've had many forays into the pro wrestling world, though, is why we brought you on. It's not, not what you're doing at the moment. You're, you're a political junkie, as it were, at the current moment, yes? Sort of. Uh, I am a, a syndicated radio show host mm-hmm. um, on 1190 AM, which is based here in St. Louis, Missouri. It's a political radio station. I have a, a show called The Q. Yep. You can go to theqnow.com if you'd like to uh, check out what the show's about, listen to some old episodes, kind of kind of catch you up. Even the new episode from this week is on there. But Sunday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. on 1190 is when I do my show. And then it's also broadcast in other countries and around the world. And, you know, I got a little fan base and yeah. You know, that's it's kind of what I do. Yeah, I like that. And it's not so pro wrestling. Yeah, pro wrestling is a totally well, different story. So let I don't me do ask anything in pro wrestling currently at all. I'm, so let me I'm ask you this: you. What is the difference then, uh, or what are actually better yet? What are the similarities that you see between the current political system and uh, pro wrestling, as we now have a president elect who is in the WWE Hall of Fame? You know, professional wrestling, I found, kind of wheels its weird ways into many aspects of life. Once you're you're in the business and you you learn the business and you understand the business, um, and and, and you're talking more on a a, a shallow, like just visually the way it looks on TV each week on Monday night or whatever, as well as what you see through CNN and Fox and all that. But it's just really weird that professional wrestling uh, teaches you a lot of things that you end up applying across the board in many other aspects of life. And uh, so when I see the Donald Trumps doing the bombastic voice, doing that, um, we have a guy in St. Louis. uh, I I don't like to shout him out too much because he is a conservative, but his name's Travis Cook. When you see that bombasticness, Mm -hmm. um, you know, bound through the arenas. Uh, when Trump is talking, as well as when Travis Cook or a manager from the WWE or whatever, it's 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 got a very similar eerie way. And the cheering, the locker up is just like, this is effing awesome, mm-hmm. you know, or this is awesome or any of that stuff. Yep. Um, so it's very similar. There, there's there's really no difference. And I think that that's kind of what the problem is. You know, uh, I'm not the biggest Donald Trump fan in the world, but I'm willing to give the guy a chance. But it just seems like I want to be more angry at the people, the people themselves who voted this man in. And those people like pro wrestling. I guarantee you they like it. 
Oh, of course, you know, and we, and we get into that too. We're you're you're not the typical political talk show host where you say you're you're more liberal and moderate, and we're kind of that way too. Whereas, well, I'm more liberal, T Max a little more moderate, um, but we're not the biggest Trump fans either. But I do find myself getting more mad at the people. But again, you said there's a lot of crossover there. I think I think yeah. the people voted him in off of the listen, listen. I said this on my show this past week. There is a natural tendency for patriotism you know saying that you're patriotic mm-hmm. patriotism has a built-in antagonistic quality to it right yeah so for the last eight years these individuals who voted trump in they've been under obama so they can't cheer for the president or for the government in itself so what they do is they switch it all to the flag and the red white and blue and the colors and that idea of patriotism and they use it in an antagonistic way they like to throw it in people's faces right oh you ain't a patriot Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the whole Zeb Coulter thing, yep. right? Was we're the Patriots and you Ooh. guys aren't and you're not a Patriot? Well, then we got issues with you, right? Yeah. Antagonism. And now they got Trump in there. You hate and freedom. So they, they don't have to be as patriotic. Now they can sit there and be bullish and an ass to people and be antagonistic. And when you question them on it, they'll be like, well, our president does it. If it's okay for him, it's okay for me. And right. that's what I don't like. Because right. I'm already, we've already seen the videos on YouTube, guys. Don't let's not pretend, Tim. Let's oh, not yeah. pretend. We haven't seen these videos of Trump would do it. Trump, it's mm-hmm. Trump, and it's somebody arguing with someone else, and that's what they're yelling to their face. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're Lit- using it literally, as a thing. Literally, just yelling his name repeatedly as a justification for their actions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Story, that, I mean, that's it. Like I told you, right? It's patriotism this day. It's Trump tomorrow. Right. Huh. So, so let's pivot off of uh, the Trump because before we get into uh, <laughs> another thing about the system is this. Uh, I'm assuming you grew up a pro wrestling fan and you're still watching it today as the Zeb Coulter reference uh, would kind of allude to. So uh, one of the questions I have for you, and we'll get into this in Cinco Perguntas, but one thing I was thinking about with the current climate system and then your you, pro, the pro wrestling fandom. Uh, do you ever use some of these pro wrestling terms to describe uh, some, you know, politicians and like heel? Have you ever had that slip out in the, in a broadcast no. or anything like that? No, I can't say as I have, I've never had the word heel slip out. Like I, like I said, <laughs> I see the correlation. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, as a person who was a worker in the industry of professional wrestling, uh, I came up in a different time period when I was training in the nineties. Uh, it was a little bit more old school. Mm. They're, like, like if you go to an indie show today and this is not a knock on any of these guys, you're going to hear a lot of dudes talking about comic books. You're going to hear a lot of people talking about pop culture type mm. things, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That was not the guys that were in the ring with me. Right. When we were coming right. up. These were hard nosed dudes. And it was the last, it was the last of the hard nosed dudes. It really was because once the NWO came along and then Stone Cold and that attitude era, just about the time that that ended, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's when that shift started towards the Lucha Libre look, more comic booky, more like just that whole early 2000 to 2010, right? Mm-hmm. They even had like, we had John Cena coming out in bright yellow pants. You know, it was just like a complete like cartoonization of professional wrestling as that attitude era ended and so yeah we like to call them nerds yeah <laughs> sure sure i mean we we we, we love all the nerds but oh, course, uh these yeah. dudes that i came up with man they, they were hard nose yeah they, they yeah, were they were playing the around they, they literally the would wrestle you to position kind of like those old stories that they tell about the dungeon 
mm-hmm. yeah, not specifically dungeon level stuff that I was doing because from what I've heard, the dungeon was every day for hours a day where they were doing these things to each other. But, you know, I had my fair share of, you know, like, wrench that arm in and we'll wrench it in for you if you're not going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into that a little bit because we've had uh, many pro wrestlers on this show, and sure. uh, typically when they're starting out, they have some type of story. We've had Jeremy Wyatt train next to a snake cage. We've had <laughs> other people train in the back of like barns and so, things like that. So, what was your uh, training story from your early days? Um. You know, well, the reason I got into pro wrestling in the first place, I was a fan. I watched it growing up. Um, I had a best friend who passed away. Uh, Me and him had planned on trying to get into professional wrestling together as a tag team. That was Mm -hmm. something that we always wanted to do. And about, I would say, six months before he passed away, um, that's when we kind of made the decision that this was something we were going to try. We set a date. We were going to attempt to, like, start to, you know, feel this out and this, that, and the other. He passed away, obviously. That took an effect on me as a person. And then afterwards, I decided to go uh, almost because, one, I had no one really to hang out with. He was my best friend. I moved away from where I used to live, so nobody really would come visit me except for him. And uh, I felt like I had just had nothing going on. Literally. I'm not trying to, like, like be dismissive of a professional wrestling. Sure. Like, it was just a waste. But no, 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 no. I was like... I was depressed for a majority of that year, and then, like, professional wrestling kind of fixed my depression... As well as it gave me something to fill my time with. Because every moment that I sat there and I didn't have my friend there to hang out with and talk to was a boring, horrible moment. You know? Mm -hmm. So I used professional wrestling as a way to uh, fill that void in my life. And Hmm. uh, started training at South Broadway Athletic Club here in St. Louis. That's where I started. Okay. So it was a little bit more of a legitimate operation than some some of the gentlemen we have on here, it sounds like. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like... um. You know, a lot of us, you know, used to make fun of backyard wrestlers. Right. These small indie guys with like, you know, 35 people that they've charged. You know, there was all their friends and family and they would put the ring up and it was made out of like bed sheets and, you know, comforters and stuff like that. And they would do things. Uh, Yeah, you can be really good and and come from there. But we just had it. Like I said, it was a different time period. You know, that Mm -hmm. that idea of that Lucha Libre, uh, cruiserweight, fast paced ring of honor style that you see nowadays as the prevalent style of work being popularized. Yeah. Um, been with NXT, they popularized the smaller guys going faster. Sure. Um, ours was more about realism. It really was. So when we saw these dudes doing this stuff in these backyards and stuff, we're like, Oh, well we can make that hurt twice as much as if you want to try it over here. <laughs> right. Like that was kind of the thought process, so- not in a dismissive or, or mean way towards those individuals. It was just that time period. It was just kind of the thought process yeah. that was ingrained into you. So you just dealt with it. Well, so you bring up a thing like an ROH and even NXT kind of popularizing it, even on a grander stage. What, what is your take then on, Say that style that's kind of grown really big as of late in pro wrestling. Uh, we kind of we refer to it as, especially with the two hundred five live. We refer to it as flips and shit. Um, right. You know, yeah, it's, what's kind of what's your shit, yeah. what's your what's your feeling on that? Do you, do you agree with the JR who says these guys need to slow down, or is it just kind of an evolution of the business? Or what are you thinking here? Well, of course it's an evolution of the business. Uh, you're going to have your peaks and valleys. You're going to have uh, – well, look look at uh, that time period when Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were winning the World Heavyweight Championships Yeah. prior to their deaths. You know, there was a lot of push on your small guys like Jericho and Chris mm-hmm. Benoit. 
and um, I just said his name. Eddie Guerrero. Right. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting old. That's the problem. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, there, there was a focus at that time, too, where they were giving kind of pushes to those smaller guys that worked the faster style. So you could see it kind of slowly working its way uh, up this new hill for another peak in the business of professional wrestling. Because I think it's I think it's kind of provable that uh, NXT came along and everybody kind of like was impressed. Mm-hmm. They kind of like turned their eye and was like, wow, that's. That's really kind of dope. I like that better than what I'm getting here every Monday and Friday night or whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Thursday absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I see that, and I and I don't have a problem with that. You know, I don't knock those guys. I, I, I've met ACH. I mean, I've met Michael Elgin. I, I've met a lot of these uh, these dudes that are smaller guys uh, that work that style, and they're all good people, man. Mm-hmm. I, they're just trying to – make it a name for themselves in the business, and that's what's popular now. So they're going to go that route. I went the route I had to go to when I first started, and now they have to go the route that they need to go to for their size and height to uh, get the success they're looking for. So when you were kind of learning your craft and honing in on what skills you had and how to apply it to be a pro wrestler, how would you describe your style when you were starting out or even really when you hit your groove, you could say, and, you know, found who you were? What was your style like? I was a really solid worker, um, a real smooth style. Uh, I, I did a lot of repetitions. You know, I, I really worked on it. Now, my punches always looked horrible. I'll be the first to admit that they looked horrible as hell. Okay. And uh, seriously, man, they, they just looked really bad. Um, I was, you know, I was definitely in love with the promotional side and the theater esque side and the promo side of professional wrestling, as opposed to the wrestling itself. As I've always said, the wrestling was kind of a necessary evil mm-hmm. for me to get to the promotional side. Uh, and cutting promos and the theater aspect of interacting with the crowd and and, and the flamboyancy of it uh, at times. That's what really drew me because, uh, I mean, I've got my master's degree in teaching speech and dramatics. Hmm. So I taught high school dr- drama. Mm-hmm, and okay. uh, so you can see that that drama bug is actually in me. Sure. And, I, and I understand that that can be a very taboo thing to, to talk about in professional wrestling. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's lightened up on it. In 2016, I think it's kind of I think that, that the, the great Oz has been uh, revealed from behind the curtain. Right. At this point. Yeah. So I think it's OK to 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 allude to a theater aspect of the mm-hmm. business. You know, they do call it entertainment, not a sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what drew me. That's, that's what I like. That's a huge uh, topic of of discussion on our show. We've we legitimately lost listeners because uh, we've kind of mandated that it's not an an actual real sport when you look at the definition of sport, but we've likened it more to a traveling circus or theater. And I've championed saying they need to like NXT, they need to have more acting classes and they need to have drama teachers and those sort of things. And especially with their need to focus on taking some of these wrestlers and putting them in movies. Mm -hmm. Like they were on that little role there for about five years. Yeah. They took every major star they had and they were throwing them into a movie, sometimes doubling them up. 
Right. Well, the, the genesis came from our whole discussion and where it became a whole hoopla is because I always get irritated uh, being a pro wrestling fan when people say like, oh, don't you know it's fake? And I would go, of course it is. But then and I'm using I'm just saying they as a general term. But when you go to a Walmart, you go to a Best Buy, they put the pro wrestling in with the UFC and, you know, the 2016 World Series champion DVD and all that stuff and it's like well look guys we know it's not a sport so you need to stop putting it in with the sports like it's not listen listen look at the way sports radio i just talked about this on my show in the last few weeks look at the way sports radio and sports radio announcers and broadcasters over the last i would say seriously like six to eight years there has been this extremely amazing jump in the number of sports announcers or talk shows, sports talk shows on radio, they will let you know that they're huge WWE fans and they watch it every single week. Mm. You would have never heard that come out of a sports announcer's mouth in the early 2000s, in the 90s, in the 80s. That was not like, yeah, privately they might have told you that, but they would have never talked about it openly on radio. They would have never, like, got into, like, and you know what that is? It's that need to get away from this thing that's boring over here uh, to this sport-esque thing over here that's a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more dramatic. It gives me a little mm-hmm. bit more to, to meat on the bone to play with. Well, even more so to go along with that, you know, sports radio talk is now you're starting to see a bunch of these former WWE guys getting jobs at SportsCenter. You have Jonathan Coachman on ESPN. Uh, in the news this week, you just had Todd Grisham getting hired by the UFC to kind of fill in that void that Mike Goldberg left. So kind of like what your point was is, you know, all these pro wrestling fans. Do we or, ever find you know, out why Goldberg left? Because uh, Dana White always wanted him to leave. <laughs> that's, okay. that's the word right. that I, I got. Well, I, I had heard rumors about that recently. I don't keep up on that stuff too often. So yeah, apparently they're going to. If we uh, ever heard in. why the man was gone. Well, the, the big rumor, and this is getting a little off topic, so we'll get back in. But the big rumor that I heard is uh, they're trying to bring in Jim Rome to replace uh, Mike Goldberg and have Jim Rome be the play by play. So guy. weird. You know, the one thing about UFC and MMA because I was an MMA broadcaster for a while there, would fly out to L.A. at least once a month to do multiple shows. I was a host of a show called Combat Showcase. And, um, you know, what's really unique about that is the fans in that sport tend to hold on to the players Mm -hmm. whenever it's, like, new. Like, they'll always love Hoist Gracie and Big John, right? Big John's always got to be there. And even when he's out of the picture – Everyone still brings him up like, you know, like we call facial tissues Kleenex, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's the guy that they they always bring up like, oh, yeah, the referee, oh, you're Big John, right? You know, that they, <laughs> he's become synonymous with that. Goldberg's one of those guys. Like, he is yeah. the, 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 the second wave of UFC and the popularity that Dana White's brought it to over the last 15 years. Uh, he's been one of those two voices. So it's really hard for the fans to disseminate between these two things and to throw him by the wayside. You'll see that. It happens in MMA. It's one well, of the few he, sports that really is like that. Well, and even to get back onto the pro wrestling talk, and you know, we're kind of going everywhere here, but uh, one of the kind of relatable qualities that that had with something that pro wrestling fans went through was that 
uh, switch between Jim Ross to then Michael Cole. There were so many people that was like, mm-hmm. you know, this was a great moment, but could you imagine if it was Jim Ross calling this, you know, You're Daniel right. Bryan's, you know, Yeslemania and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, even in pro wrestling, you had that kind of, this was awesome, but it would have been cooler if it he's, was Jim he's Ross. He's no mean gene, you know, you get that kind of talk, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, but that's yeah. going to happen, That you know, WWE still relatively, I mean, in the history of the business of sports and entertainment the way they are, like, you know, they're still relatively a young company. I mean, of course, if you go back to the earliest days of it, you're talking into the 70s and possibly even the early 60s or into the 60s. But my point is, it's like, it's only about, what is it, 36 years old? Technically, I mean, mm-hmm. if I, if I, if I want to go from, well, no, when was the first WrestleMania, 84, 85? 84? Yep. Yeah, was it 84 or 85? I think it was 84, if I remember correctly. We'll do some quick Google research. but That's fine. But, you know, that's not a long time for that sport to translate. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's already had a couple of what some would consider a golden era. Mm. You 1985. Know what I'm you know, other sports and other businesses have been around for, you know, 100 plus years. Yeah. Have had multiple, like, you know, ups and downs have, yeah. have had multiple golden eras technically mm-hmm. yeah so, i've got a, a a major league baseball from 1900 to 2000 book on my coffee table right now and that's just exactly. part of major league baseball yeah yeah well let's for time purposes let's get into a segment that we do with all of our guests here and this is a fun thing we have we have five questions that we ask each guest to kind of gauge the responses across the industry as you will and since we're the spanish announce table it'd be boring just to call it five questions so we had to call it Cinco preguntas. Speak Spanish? Nope. Okay, good. Neither do we. So, <laughs> all right, work out well. This first one is kind of we we say it's a softball, but then everybody kind of uh, pauses when we ask it. Who would you say is your favorite wrestler of all time? You know, that's always a tough question. Uh, for me, it's probably Shawn Michaels. Okay, I would say that that Shawn embodies the majority of of what I really like. But then again, you know, when you're a worker or you worked in the business, you kind of got those guys behind the scenes that you kind of like, uh, I was always an Ivan Putzky guy, Mm, you know, people that you wouldn't have normally thought of. Uh, you know, I, I was a big Von Eric's guy too. I would say Kevin Von Eric and Sean Michaels are my two favorite. Nice. Von Eric, that's a new one. I, I don't think Ivan Putzky's name has ever been mentioned in, in this conversation when we've asked or that Von question. Eric. Yeah. yeah. Or a Von Eric. That's good. those are good answers. Yeah. All right. Now, well, I'm old too. Oh, right, right. <laughs> well, we'll give you uh, two answers on this one because you're you've been a worker as well. So, what is your favorite match? And we'll say, what is your favorite match that you've been in, and then what is your favorite match that you've ever watched? Uh, my most memorable match I was ever in was actually against a guy named Ron Powers here in St. Louis uh, because he ended up doing a. <laughs> we go outside of the building. Okay. No one follows us. South Broadway Athletic Club's <laughs> next to uh, Broadway, obviously, 7th Street. Okay. And it's a very busy thoroughthrough right there by the brewery, okay? Yeah. Cars driving everywhere. It takes me out into the middle of the street and does a pile driver to me <laughs> in the middle of the street and leaves me laying there as cars are whizzing. And oh, I mean, gosh. five feet away from me, driving by at 45 miles an hour. Dead serious. Middle of the road. Insane. No one's out there to see it, but this uh, this black guy who happened to be probably about 15 feet away, leaning up against the wall, smoking a cigarette. 
What, He's what you the make? only one who saw any of it, and he make? wasn't even inside to know what we were doing in there. What would you make, 15 bucks that night? What'd you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. Probably a soda and a hot dog or something. Right. I can't remember. Um, but uh, favorite match I've ever witnessed? Mm. You know, for a guy like me, I told you, Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers of mm-hmm. all time. I really, really liked that Shawn Michaels Kurt Angle match at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was a so dope, dope ass match. And a lot of people like see, you, there's just certain things you got to look for. I mean, I mix that with the nostalgia of my favorite wrestler himself. But mm-hmm. it just worked out the fact that that match in itself was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite matches I ever saw. You know, the other match that I really liked that I saw was like the second or third. It was a Motor City Machine Guns against Beer Money, right? And yeah. they were doing the the five match thing in mm-hmm. the cage. Like one was a cage match, one was a this, one was a that. Yeah. Um, and it was the cage match between the Motor City Machine Guns and uh, Beer Money. That's that's the most recent wrestling match I saw that I was just kind of fell in love with was that match. Definitely think it's an underrated series that they had. It just but unfortunately just happened to be under the TNA. I banner, think so. honestly that Chris Saban and, and um, oh my god, I forgot his name. Jesus. Alex uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, Alex yeah, Shelley. Yeah. Are probably the Alex Riley, I'm sorry. Uh, Shelley. Is, no, not Alex Riley. Shelley, uh, right, yeah. Alex Shelley, that's right. right. Saban and Shelley. Um, they, uh, they are pretty underrated. Yeah. As far oh, as yeah. tag teams go in the United States of America working on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis, those two dudes, in my opinion, might be top two or three wow. in the country. At any one given time, they're that good at what they do. Let's go back real quick. Uh, and I, I know that might be some... controversial for all you pro wrestling fans out there. <laughs> Let's go back because I think there's some still some meat on the bone of this match that you were in where you took a pile driver in the street. So okay. there's <laughs> there's no one there. And no you're one. still selling? But you're still selling? Oh, I sold. <laughs> and, and, well, that's the best part. He's, he pile drives me in the street, says something to me, walks into the building, and I still laid there for a good 15 to 20 <laughs> seconds after that. And then I got up and dusted myself off, and I crawled back into what, the building. Are you wearing shorts, too, or are you like a, a long pants guy at this time? Are you no, like, I'm just, a tights dude. I'm a tights dude. <laughs> I'm a tights dude. I was an idiot, man. I was a dumbass. Like I told Shawn Michaels, one of my favorite wrestlers, I always liked his style of boot. Here's the uh-huh. problem. Didn't realize that those were shin covers. Right. I thought he actually had actual motocross boots (laughs) right so you're so i went to a motocross store and had them take uh bought the boots had them uh went to a shoe shop and had them pull the the heels off the 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 boots because they were like ridged Uh so they hook in on the motorcycles put on a wrestling uh style sole onto the boots and that's what my boots were god that had to be because i was a moron no i was just a moron (laughs) i was just an idiot you know i some, th- some things were taught to me really well by some really good people, and uh, other things uh, I just kind of floated through life trying to figure out. Yeah. I just like the visual in my mind here of you selling the pile driver and then realizing yeah. no one was outside. <laughs> and then that you no had one's to outside, come back man. In. <laughs> That's great. And well, he stay committed. A bit of That's a, that, you should be applauded so for it, that. It, it was a little bit of a ring, man. Not not in a bad way. No, he wasn't, he wasn't dangerous, and it wasn't like, you know, sure. he knocked me out or anything like that. But no, mm-hmm. you know. It's concrete. He's a human yeah. being too, and he's just getting ready to like flop right down on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he's got to protect himself a little bit too. You think he I went inside it. and was like, "Yeah, I left this guy sitting out in the middle of the street." <laughs> like, what? 
<laughs> you know, to this day, I've only brought it up once to Ron, and he just shook his head, and he's, he laughed a little bit, and then he just went back to what he was doing. So <laughs> I, I've really never talked to him about the match. It, it, you know, for, for him, it was probably just another match. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a lot older, and he had been in a lot more matches and, and more well-known. Uh, for me, it was, you know, a big deal because it was one of my first real shots at something. Gotcha. So, so okay, then that might kind of lead us into the next question that we have is, who would you say was your biggest influence in the business? In the business, my biggest influence uh, on the, on the, you know, everybody's, that's so hard, mm-hmm. man. Cause yeah. you, and you we take really, multiples you, too. you sure. grab certain things from certain people. There were like four main people that trained me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, that's but fine. You don't have to, to name a one single. of them over the other because they all trained and, and taught me different things that became extremely valuable. You know, I will say this, uh, a comrade that I could lean on well throughout the time that I was wrestling and he was always good to me was a guy named Gary Jackson. Okay. Um, he almost, almost in a weird way, like a father figure to me, uh, coming up in the business, you know, yeah. he had been around for a good 15 to 20 years at that point. He was a uh, old soul at it. He still wrestles here in St. Louis. And uh, I was a young kid. So he kind of showed me the politics. That's where you real in pro wrestling. See, a lot of people think it's just the training in the ring. No, 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 no. The guys that teach you the ropes of how politics works behind the scenes, mm-hmm. those guys become as more, if not the most uh, needed and person you become most indebted to in the industry. Because those guys kind of show you the real ropes, the things they don't teach you in the ring. You know, you learn how to bump, you learn how to throw clotheslines, you learn how to do all that. But, like, there's business aspects of it behind the scenes that you don't learn. And depending on who you learn those business aspects from, that's how you get so many different people with so many different, like, you know, some wrestlers are really good wrestlers. Mm -hmm. But their politics, uh, the business, the way they handle themselves behind the scenes is horrible. Yeah. There's always horror stories with that individual. They're fantastic in the ring, and they're one of the best ever. They're just politics are because the person that taught them that politics. And so you get you get the fans that love your character, and then you get the wrestlers that respect specific people for what they bring to the table politically behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, me, you know, Gary Jackson was that guy for me. He, he really showed me the ropes on politics. Kind of reminds me of like a DDP's story about Jake Roberts, about how he'll say – you know, he was working already, but by the time Jake Roberts starts living with him and running around, that's when he kind of starts introducing him to, here, here's how you're going to get booked. Here's how you need to kiss this guy's ass or kiss, you know, to, to sure. move yourself Sure, and that up. was yeah. very important. That was very mm. important. Hell, you know, it's funny. You just said that, kiss that guy's ass, and one of the most, you know, the best things in professional wrestling are pulled from real life. Don't get it twisted. That kiss my ass Vince McMahon club uh-huh. was <laughs> Very close to probably what you think it was behind <laughs> yeah. the scenes in yeah. real life. Like, I'm not saying he was going specifically that far. He sure. turns it up to 11, just like all your best characters are. Um, but, you know, yeah, you had to kiss Vince's ass, I'm sure. You have to kiss this guy's ass. You have to You have to politic. It's part of the business. Yeah. And it's the most difficult part of the business to learn. All right, let's uh, dig a little bit deeper into the business with our next question, and that is, what is your favorite pro wrestling term as far as, like, babyface, heel, things like that? What's your favorite pro wrestling term? Um, wow, that's great. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, we've got a hey. bunch of varied responses over this one because it's such I mean, a carny like language. You got, well, you got things like like you said, heel, babyface. You got words like kayfabe. You got like there's just so many to choose from. I don't think I've ever thought about it. I don't think mm-hmm. I have one, and I hate to say that because you probably have people. Um, you ever? Oh man, I don't have know. you ever? And so I guess you you said before you never even. I'll really say kayfabe into... just to fill the spot, but. Yeah. I'm sure there's another term that I've heard and I liked it and it's just been years since I've heard it and I just have to be reminded of it. Sure. Well, it's it's such a – is there anything that maybe ever caught you off guard when you were first starting out? Did anybody say something you were like, what is this guy saying to me? Just Oh, uh, I had a guy that I worked with uh, out of town. Um, in his area, I guess they specifically – had move set numbers, you know, okay. like set one, set two, set right. three, set four, you know. Uh, and, and other wrestlers do that too. Like um, like when two guys get to working with each other a lot, they, they'll they know that there, there's a basic dance that they do uh, in front of a crowd. And then mm-hmm. from that base template, they'll add in a move, take out a move, this and the other. And then if you do it enough times, even that way, you'll start to, you'll start to develop move sets where you can kind of number them. Okay. And so uh, evidently this guy had movesets and he started calling them <laughs> mid-match to yeah. me. And he's like, number two or like something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like set two right. or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he throw me off the rope and it was like, okay, he doesn't throw a clothesline. So I just ran past him. He turns around and looks at me all weird and I'm <laughs> flying with a shoulder tackle out of nowhere. And right. It was kind of an interesting little match. I was, I, it, it, to be honest, it didn't go badly. Okay. Like, we were able to, like, keep it moving to where it didn't look awkward. Right. But, like, you could tell in that match, he was kind of confused. You could definitely tell he was confused. That's because funny. I didn't know what the hell he was calling. Okay. So, well, that's... You know, he was calling set numbers. and it, Yeah. Yeah. Now, they do that in volleyball, too, evidently. You know, they have different set numbers for how high they want you to volley the ball up for a spike. Oh, I gotcha. I, I was unaware of that. Huh. Yeah, they do. Yeah, neat. It's weird. So, All the things you learn from the Mark Lands. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so this one is a little bit tougher because you haven't, you know, met us in person, but maybe you have something already in the holster in mind here. This fifth question is, it's flat out not really a question. It's a hypothetical kind of thought experiment, right? And Got we're it. expecting a lot because you said you like the theatrics of pro wrestling, right. so keep that yeah. in mind. So, so what we're going to do is the three of us are sitting in a creative meeting. Got it. And we're booking you, Mark Bland, uh-huh. to, to the top, right? This is sure. this is a mania level, you know, whatever company you want to work for. Let's say it's Wrestle Kingdom or whatever, right? And uh, we're booking you all the way to the top in your next big feud against my co-host, T-Mac. Give okay. me a storyline. What's the storyline here? Yeah. Okay, well, first off, I'm you, you don't know me as a person. Right. Outside of wrestling and behind the scenes – uh, I'm a pretty polarizing kind of person. And if you ask anybody in wrestling, either you like me or you don't like me as a person. Okay. I don't go around just being an ass to anyone, but like I just give off, I guess, this vibe or this aura. So either you like me or you don't. Sounds like to And so more yeah, often than not, here. the thing that helped me in professional wrestling and took me to the top or at least was the most successful move for me was always being heel because people have a natural tendency to grab for the negative. And I kind of give off that vibe anyway, I guess. That's mm-hmm. what I've always been told. So you're going to get your strongest uh, heat if you make me go heel. Okay. So T-Mac is going to have to be my baby. Oh, 
That's rough for teammates. Is that going to be possible? Yeah. Yeah, that'll oh, be yeah. possible. Yeah. I'm lovable. He's, yeah. Love what's me. on now, T-Mac, T-Mac, what is your, uh, what, what's your gimmick, man? What are you, what's your thing? See, I was always, I was always called the natural. They called me liquid eyes because they're trying to be funny for many years. But okay. I was almost like scheduled out, not as a shooter, but more of as your straightforward Matt wrestling kind of guy that could do some big man moves. Cause I'm a tall dude. I'm a big dude. So I, I what's am, your thing? I am a poor man's John Cena circa 2004. I am <laughs> okay, battle rap. John Cena. But no, yeah. No battle. I'm a battle rapper who can't rhyme. Uh, I have baggy jean shorts and I, I still pump up my Reeboks and uh, that, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> here's what okay so here's where we're gonna go we're gonna go with this i've decided uh i'm gonna be an arrogant kind of prick okay that's yeah. gonna be my character within this organization all right kind of like your hunter hearst helmsley uh back in the day gotcha you know but i'm not gonna dress like a moron sure okay and uh you, my thing is gonna be this kid is just lost in life i'm going to become his father figure I'm going to come and I'm going to put my arm around him. I'm going to have him try to stop talking, get him. He's not going to start rhyming and hip-hopping it all the time. I'm going to try to switch up his thing. You know what I'm uh -huh, saying? Yeah. And uh, slowly, picking up what slowly, you're saying, he's going to see that I am just a bulbous idiot <laughs> who's throwing this on top of him. And almost kind of like the way John Cena had to deal with the, the, the coffee-getting issue with NXT when they were over the top of him, like they were in charge of him. Right. We're going to get that vibe out of our fake John Cena. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this idea that he feels like, almost kind of like Alex Riley, he feels like he's getting pushed to the side. Yeah. He's not getting those chances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I this like is this. Probably gonna, this is probably going to lead into some point where he brings in his girlfriend. She's a little cheeked out and ghetto herself. Uh, you know, maybe she starts making a little bit more of a move towards me because she sees that I'm the one teaching. So why be with the student when you can be with the teacher? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what starts off the beginning of our rivalry. Yeah. When we, we start going after each other, because now you feel jilted. This guy's an ass. He made you change everything about you, made you look foolish. And then he took your girl. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Rough. But but we've got to have a swerve in there. I want a, I want a nice swerve. We could go with like a three match run up on this, but I want a nice swerve in there. I need something to come out of absolutely nowhere and blow everybody's mind. That's what I'm stuck on. I'm an opera singer. No, I'm just... no. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's uh, let me throw in then. How can we involve T Max Mom? Then let's let's, let's easy. Let's, let's throw that in the easy. swerve somewhere. <laughs> Well, being, yeah. being, being like, like, how old are you, T-Mac? 31. 31 years old. Okay. It'd be a lot. It'd be really difficult for me to have banged your mom at nine years old. <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to go down that road. We got to get T-Mac's mom in it. Could be a, you know, T-Mac's mom could be a simple one-off situation, like sure. a Monday Night Raw type situation where she's just visiting her son or we're in his hometown. Right. We're in she his loves, hometown. Mom's loves just her son. visiting. She's never seen the backstage area. She comes across his girlfriend, but doesn't realize his girlfriend's not been dating. Like she doesn't, they don't live together anymore. So he doesn't talk to his mom as much. Sure. So he doesn't, she knows that he's his girl, that she's his girlfriend, but she doesn't know that I've stepped in. Maybe mm. that there's some, uh, a little bit of a 
snootiness or attitude from the girlfriend towards the mom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because she just doesn't know and just keeps assuming that everything's going to be good coming over for Christmas and things like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That really kind of irks her mom. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, she finds out from her son in the next segment down the road a little bit that, uh, yeah, they broke up. So huh. then she's walking out. She sees her again and she decides she's going to speak her mind about it to yeah. that girl. And before you know it, she gets smacked across the face. She goes and tells her son. They set it up by the end of the show. It's going to be him and his mom versus me and the girlfriend in the ring. You know, yes. and we're going to have mom go over. It's hometown. T-Mac's going to go over. The mom's going to get the cheer. You know, she's going to be the one who does the, you know, arm up between my legs and, you know, nut racks yep. me. Right. Call it a day. Kansas City you know, Cunt Punk. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Right. I like it. That's a good ending there. I like the T-Max mom. Yeah, it's T-Max a- mom gets to be the champion. You know what I'm saying? T-Max okay. feels good. Like His that. mom feels good. Everybody goes home. And the bad guy got beat up. That's good. See, that's like a that. it's a feel-good story. T-Max mom gets better treatment than she it's normally It's really a mid-card type story. I need a little bit more time to work on, like, a nice sure. running up to a WrestleMania yeah, or a major event pay-per-view type yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, it's uh, hard when we spring this on people who've never actually if met. If you want to, we could put it in Hell in a Cell. Ooh. Make it all, oh, you know, okay. mom, mom's going to take a, she's going to take a hatchet to the chest at some point, uh-huh. you know, you can, we can get dangerous with it if you really <laughs> want to. I mean, I don't know if you, like it. you know, that was actually proposed to me. There's a wrestler named Ricky Cruz in St. Louis. Yeah. And we were, oh, yeah, we know. Uh, we were, we were, we were ramping up uh, in Dynamo Pro, this uh, idea of me versus him in a match at some point. And we were just bantering around, you know, just talking uh-huh. about it. And out of absolutely nowhere, he came up with the idea, I guess down in uh, Puerto Rico, where he's from, they have a Puerto Rican uh, match where they take uh, pieces of leather that are like, you know, two and a half feet long, wrap them around. They get like 20 fans. The fans stand around the ring. They give them each of these leather straps that go around their wrist that are like, you know, another two feet long outside of that. And then if you get thrown out, the the fans get to beat you with these leather straps. Oh. Until you get thrown back in. So it's a lumberjack match with leather, leather straps. I always but, found that a really interesting premise. Yeah, because that's fans who don't know when to pull the punches. And they're not going to pull the punches. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> no. If you're going down that road as a professional wrestler at all, you have already given known to the fact yeah, you that know these people has, have no clue and that you're going to take some real shots. Oh. You already know that going in. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So, okay, so what? Let's let's get in some plugs before we get you out of here, so everybody knows where to find your stuff, where they where they can do that. Uh, if you guys want to check out the show, it's on uh, KQQZ eleven ninety AM dot com. That's the website for the station in other cities. You can listen to me Sunday nights eight to ten PM Central Standard Time. That would be uh, nine to eleven Eastern, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you can always go to thequeenow.com, old episodes, new episodes, uh, a little bit about me and the crew and the cast and all the players that are involved, and uh, kind of all of our sponsors that work with us and who we're connected to is all at thequeenow.com. That's T-H-E-Q-N-O-W.com. And follow me on Twitter, Mark Bland, M-A-R-K-B-L-A-N-D. I like that. That's good stuff. All right, well, we will let you get out of here. I told you we'd, we'd keep you for 30 minutes. We kept you for about an hour, so... Yeah, you're good, man. I have no problem. I really appreciate both you and T-Mac having me on the show. Thank you so much. You guys do a great job. And uh, 
wow, uh, very impressed. I loved how we got to book out at the end there. That right? Like isn't, that, isn't that a fun little, yeah, fun little thought experiment? Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, everybody go check out everything he told you to do. Rewind it if you didn't catch it. Write it down. Do all whatever you need to do to go find Mark. And uh, he's, he's a good guy. Got some good thoughts on just about anything you want to ask him. So, so reach Definitely. out. And, uh, and hey, we appreciate you coming on, and, and we'll have to feel like we just scratched the surface. Maybe we'll have to book something out in the future again here. Sounds like a plan, man. Maybe I'll have you guys come on my show. I've been calling to my show. And, uh, I'll jump on with Yeah, you. let's do it. Let's do that. I'll yeah. put you guys into the seat. I'll make you right. book a match out. Make us give you some <laughs> hot takes. All right. Well, we do. We have the Budweiser hot seat on the queue, which is whenever we have a new guest for the first time on the show, we ask him five random questions. Oh, and see. I mean random. Okay. From what's your favorite sexual position all the way to what's the last funny movie Reverse cow- you saw? Oh, Reverse cowgirl anal. Here, right? Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. So, cowgirl anal. There it is. Yeah, right? You like that? Wow. All, all right. right. <laughs> all right. Well, we will take a break. T Mac and I are going to come back. Mark's going to go continue on with his life. We're going to come back and answer I'm some questions. I'm going to go away. That's <laughs> right. what I'm going to do. The right. thing your fans want the most go away, Mark. <laughs> they tell us that, too, all the time, oddly enough. But. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're going to come Thanks, back and guys. Appreciate hey, it. Thank you very much. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, T-Mac, let's get out of here. We're going to answer some listener emails when we come back, and that's uh, right here on the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And the person who lost the second match at the last four WrestleManias would go to compete for the world championship at the following pay-per-view. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. Yeah, back on the Spanish announce table. What did you think of the interview, T Mac? I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. I, th- you know what I thought was awesome about it too is we, and not to brag, but it seemed as if we seamlessly went into political talk, sports uh, talk, pro wrestling talk, personal talk. Like it was just a a free flowing conversation about fun <laughs> shit. Well, and so typically we do interviews with guys that aren't. Um, I mean, he does what we do. He's done radio, podcasting in the same kind of realms. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. I think we were able to play off each other well, kind of go in and out of things. And uh, we typically we'll get wrestlers and stuff. Not that they don't give great interviews, but they're not accustomed to how a show works and keeping it moving. So I think it's just it was fun. He did so good that I'm excited to have him back on the show. And it perked up my eyebrow because I have a unibrow yep. uh, when he spoke about his MMA involvement. Uh huh. Yep. No, a man Out after there in your Saint own Louis heart. With Tyron Woodley, a man after your own heart. All right, this is the email. but not a man named Nunez. No, go check out his stuff. He gave you all the plugs earlier. There, uh, we recorded this show earlier, so I, I should have written them, wrote them down, but uh, I didn't. Go back and listen. It's a podcast. The Q, the Q, definitely. And MarkBland.net will will point you to a lot of those things, of course. Hey, it's the emails. If you want to email the show and want to hear us uh, read your email and respond to it. Just fucking do it. It's tableshow at gmail.com. That is also where you can send us money. We need money. We need some equipment. We got to get stuff going. Tableshow at gmail.com on the PayPal. Send us a dollar. Send us $5. Send us something. If you like this episode, as I always say, if you like this episode, please show us that you do, and we'll produce more of it, and send us a dollar. Send us a dollar. All right. 
It is the emails, and we always, without fail, every single time since we've been started doing this, we kick them off with Katie the first. Lady! And she says... Well! 2016 was an interesting year, to say the least. We've had some debuts, returns, a list and a scarf getting over. Even guy that looks like a turtle main event shows. Now it's time to look ahead to what 2017 brings. Hopefully a lot less depression in the world, whether it was the election results or the tragic deaths. Seriously, we lost Bowie, Prince, George Michael, and even Princess Leia all in one year? And that's not even half. Not to make this email even more depressing, let's get into what I'm predicting for 2017, and I'm going to be positive for the new year. Yeah. As for what I predicted last year, I said the Divas, or now women, would have better matches and storylines going forward. They did. The Intercontinental title did indeed become a much more relevant and not a curse anymore. Yeah, that's true. Finn Balor did make his main roster debut, short-lived though, hopefully a great return in 2017. Now to my predictions for this year. Uh, Ten as always, although this time five for the ladies and five for the men. Hey, hey, hey. like it. Five for the ladies. Here we go. Ten. Paige will be done. Typically what I give them. (laughs) Yep, all five. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting hot in here. Paige will be done with WWE after all the drama, her and Del Rio. And I just think she needs to go away for a while, regroup her life. Nobody is really missing her right now. And I could see her back once things are straightened out. Number nine, Mickey James returns on SmackDown Live and becomes women's champion. Why not? After a match with Asuka, she proves she can still go, and I believe she can have another run as champion. Oh, you think she's the fucking girl? The La Luchadora? Now, everyone says it's Tamina, but uh-huh. what if it was Mickey James? Well, but there's no way it's Tamina. At least it hasn't been Tamina. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, still could be. Right, but we're going to know it's Tamina just based on the size alone. Yeah. Right? But I think that'd be cool if it was Mickey James. <laughs> I agree. Number eight, Money in the Bank women's match. Enough said. Hmm, that'd be fun to see. They've got enough now to do that. Uh-huh. I agree. Seven, China in the Hall of Fame, despite what happened to her in recent years and her unfortunate passing, she made a mark in WWE and she deserves to go in. Ooh, that's got to come true now. Now, now, now. At six, Asuka will make her main roster debut on the SmackDown, <laughs> on the SmackDown, after WrestleMania. How about that for a change? What do you think of that one? You think that one will come true? Uh, no. Asuka? No, no yeah. there's not enough women. If she leaves, wh- who are you going to put it with? Liv? True, yeah. Liv Morgan? No, Five. Uh, Braun Strowman will be a champion by SummerSlam. Four. What champion? Yeah, what champion? Four. The New Day breaks up and Xavier Woods will be a breakout star. I could see that. Three. No. We'll finally see Shelton Benjamin make a return and go for gold. Two. Dean Ambrose turns heel. And one, AJ Styles remains champion, turns face, and will continue to rule SmackDown. Let's see how all these turn out for 2017. Talk to you guys next week. Later, Katie, the first lady. <coughs> Some of those are, I, I feel like, could come true. Definitely. Uh, go back um, before Dean turns heel, which I think will happen. What was the... We'll, we'll, um, f- we'll finally see Shelton Benjamin make a return and go for gold. No, one before that. I'm sorry. The New Day breaks up and Xavier Woods will be a breakout it, star. No, 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 no. Big E will be the breakout. You think Big so, e. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Big, huh. Big, e, Big E has the power that they love yes. plus, plus the weirdness that we love. And with his... 
in-ring work, being a former NXT champion, which I know doesn't mean anything as much, but it's still something that yeah. they remember. Yeah. They're like, hey, we put faith in this guy. Well, one of the I, earlier ones under that style. He was a second. Doing NXT. He beat, he yeah. beat Seth Rollins for right. it. And so I think he's going to be the breakout. Give me That's five. just my opinion. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. What's the next email? It is our good friend, Chris Mercado. Chris Mercado. I like that fucking he, guy. He says, hello, Captain and T-Mac, and Happy New Year. Same to you. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve and consumed a lot of <laughs> alcohol. I had some. I had a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We're getting much. older. We, too- oh, I had a French 75, which look it up because I can't remember the ingredients yeah. in it, but it's a champagne uh, mix, and it oh. was amazing. French okay. 75. Look it up. It's amazing. Okay. All right. Now. Let's talk about Baron Corbin. Yep. The guy with the shit hairline <laughs> is white hot currently. Uh-huh. He had one hell of a showing in last Tuesday's SmackDown main event and had another strong week this week with a very good match against a now heel Dolph Ziggler. I think it's very likely that we see Baron Corbin win the WWE Championship at some point this year. But when? After Mania? Should he challenge at Mania? Should he win the Royal Rumble? Hmm. We are getting a Cena versus Corbin match next week on SmackDown Live, but I would love to see this be the feud for Corbin that gets him to the title. That's all for this week. Adios. Chris Mercato. I wrote this on, um, I think, my uh, awesome thoughts on SmackDown Live. I would love to see that this is what Cena actually does before he goes away, is a feud with Corbin and puts him over. Like, I would love to see this match with Cena and AJ Styles get interrupted and basically just no contested because Corbin just comes in and destroys Cena, right? Like, who do you think you are, man? This is not your time anymore, right? Your music sucks. It doesn't make sense anymore. It's been your time. You've been the guy, goddammit. Like, get out of here. Yeah, you right? wear jorts. <laughs> like, you, your time is up. My time is now. Well, goddamn, how long is your time, asshole? Yeah. Like, this is my time. Your yeah. clock is broke because it is right. my time now. Yeah. Right? That's, That's I where I think say. it should go. Yeah. Right. I like it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Chris Ricardo. I like that fucking guy, man. Ah, oh, God that damn it. Fucking guy. Hey. Hey, Chris, are you going to be in Bramlage February 6th? The Octagon of Doom? Huh? When, uh, when KU comes walking in like they do? <clears throat> All right. We'll move on. <clears throat> Uh, of course, because we don't have four emailers, we got an email from Mr. Forthrow. I feel like that's As the thing. Always. When you email, other people don't. It's like, it's like they're just, if you email, we're guaranteed not to get four. Mr. Forthrow says, hello all, Mr. Forthrow chiming in for the first time this year. With the rash of titles changing hands over the last few weeks, do you think the WWE is doing this too early, or is there a grander plan at work? Once again, that's my view, not from the cheap seats, not from the most expensive seats. But from the fourth row, Mr. Fourth Row. What was it again? Say it again. That was too quick. With a rash of titles changing hands over the last few uh-huh. weeks, do you think the WWE is doing this too early, or is there a grander plan at work? Yeah, because they just did the brand split not too long ago. But no, I feel All like right. it's been a good amount of time to have some title changes. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. With with how we are as a society and everything has it used to be 15 minutes of fame. It feels like four seconds now. Yeah. Uh, you have to like, like it feels like to some 
not me yet, but I'm almost there. That AJ Styles has been champion forever. Yeah. And he hasn't even been champion for half a year. Right. Well, and the thing is, so because of this brand split, a lot of guys are now getting more chance to have a personality and have a storyline. Well, that means we're going to have to get some titles changing hands or else it means nothing. Hey, uh, Iceman wrote us a tweet the table. Did we answer it about what title? Oh, no, I think that came in after the, the mark, but you can read it if you if you find it. Yeah, let me find it real yep. quick. Yeah, it came in after I'd already pulled him. All right, hold on. Uh, fill the time here. What what title uh, <laughs> change uh, do you like that has changed so far? What title change have you liked that's changed so far? I guess I liked, uh, you know, um, I, the SmackDown tag titles I felt needed a change, but I don't feel like they've done anything with them yet that's made me go, eh, just the potential that American Alpha can have some great feud with somebody. But I thought I thought I liked when they took them off of Heath Slater and Rhino because I thought that was the perfect right. perfect timing because they didn't do anything more with the kids or with Rhino and uh, Heath Slater. So one where I feel like they, they shit the bed and dropped the ball on that man. Yeah, that, the the I got kids thing was the money. Yeah, There's so money, especially with all the dads and shit that got to bring their kids around to this or or trying to bring their kids like. That is so like I would buy an I Got Kids shirt if that was such a, a fun gimmick, but they just let that fall apart. Definitely. All right, here you go. I got it. Uh, extra tweet the table here <laughs> in the emails from the Iceman. Uh, what title reign record do you think WWE will have broke broken next? I think it will be the IC title. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, what it's kind of all there is left. I mean, it's that or US, right? I mean. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, I bet you it wouldn't shock me to see Roman Reigns hold a U.S. title for fucking ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so WWE's out, or the tag team championship is out. And so now you got to think both sides, right? Because what if what if AJ? Oh, what, but what's the longest reign? Well, no, the longest well, reigning. Yeah, of the modern I, era again. They would say, you know. yeah. Not the Bruno. I would say, do you think he beats Punk's record? I could see it, I guess. Especially on SmackDown where, like we said, there's not a whole lot of people vying for... Mm -hmm. If if he stayed a heel, you know, because there's not a lot of faces. Or if he's a babyface because we said how many heels there are. True. Yeah. Then you could have people clamoring over the IC title. That helps build that up a little. Definitely. I would think it's US. I think, yeah, something with a Roman Reigns... Fuck even a uh, Chris Jericho because yeah. I don't think he's ever won that title. They said so oh. he could keep it for nine years or whatever. Yeah. He could say I'm not defending it. I'm going on tour, leave for five months, come back, say hey, remember I got this, and then challenge yeah. whatever yeah. you know. And that could even be a talking with him like, how the hell did they let you go? And be like, hey, I'm a superstar. I put it in my contract. That's what that's what superstars do. You're going on a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. Okay. Let's get in some three Ps. Each week, T-Mac gives us something. Are, are we back to positive and patient now, the new year, or are we still all positive? What do you think? I'll let you make the call. I have my three. I can make one a patient, or I can make it let's, a positive. Let's keep it positive. Let's just find three things to be positive about each week. Because, you know what I mean? The patient's fun, but, uh, you know. Actually, I could find all three of these patient, but I'll find them all three positive. Okay. All right, here we go. And it's uh, the three Ps of this week January, the first week of January, 2017. Yeah. P P number one, 
I love this, and I don't give a shit if anyone else hates it. You guys can all uh, suck it easy. Easy it's Carmella. Face. It's Carmella at yes, Ellsworth. Yes. I fucking love it. It's fun. I love it. She calls him Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. She says, look at my shirt and what I did to it. Yeah. Come on, Jimmy. Hold my bags when I go shopping. Uh, he sucks at promos, by the way. He's oh. dog shit. What, what pissed that me promo off. promo in the back was the What pissed me off word. is, it, yes, of course, if he's nervous, he would be fumbling his words. But you don't fumble your words by putting them in wrong order you say the wrong word or you you say one word and morph it into a second one you don't say the words backwards nobody actually does that or you don't pause in between <laughs> each word that you get wrong yeah you don't go I like you don't go you, you beautiful look tonight oh no nah. you say you look beautiful pretty shit you know what i mean like you, you know what i mean like yeah, you, yeah. god but but just the pausing in between was so bad. But anyhow, I love it. I love everything about it. I love Carmel. I don't know what they're doing. Hopefully they do what I want because that's what I want. Mm-hmm. But it is so much fun. And I love, I love, 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 love in my pro wrestling. I love love triangles. Yes. I love power couples. Yes. I love weird couples like Carmelo and Ellsworth. Well, That's and utilizing, I want to see that. I especially like like with the Miz and the and the Renee Young stuff when they utilize real life relationships in the storylines. Like, <laughs> yeah, there needs to be more. Just relationships and the men and women interacting more together because that's what happens. That's real life. They're on the road together, three hundred days a year, and half naked. Easily or easy, believable storylines. Everybody can relate. To love interests and, you know what I mean, like angers yeah. over that and jealousy and all, that's what life is. Definitely. When, when you have groups of friends and groups of people that are around together, they create those dramas in their own lives. Of course. Yep, of course. All right, here's P number two. And this one's an easy one, but it was appropriate for this week. Now, I could – let me back up. I could have said – P one, two, and three was the SmackDown show because everything was amazing. Even the uh-huh. weak stuff like Nikki and uh, uh, old fat friend was even fun because they were both right. But P number two was the Dolph Ziggler heel turn. I think it was organic. I think it made sense. I think it was cool that he not only went after uh, Kalisto for helping him, but then he also went up against Apollo Crews for trying to stick up for uh, – Kalisto because it was even perfect too he's like hey man that's my friend and then you saw Dolph Ziggler do like a all right you punk ass bitch you're gonna get it next then like fuck you stop everyone leave me alone like because that's what he wants he wants people to leave him alone so he can figure out why he's losing right and so it makes sense when people are like hey can I help no Hey man, why were you talking mad to, or bad to him? I yeah. I think you should apologize. Well, fuck you then too. Like yeah. that's what you do. Exactly. You know? yeah. Just fuck well, off. Get out of my right. face. So it was great. Smell my now, dick. Yeah, smell my dick. You smell what I'm shitting. <laughs> um, now my third P is a positive. Oh, well, <laughs> my my third P is a positive, but it's more because of a nostalgic thing, and it's fun for eventually they're going to have a match, I assume, and then we could go back and say, how much fun was that? And it was the Goldberg and Roman Reigns double spear yeah, on Braun Strowman. That wasn't right? good. It was just fun to see both guys mm-hmm. doing their finishers, which are the same at and, the same time. And, though, this is starting to put Strowman in the conversation with some of their poster childs here, you know, like that's 
That's well, speaking yeah, well of Strowman. Took two guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it took two spear. Well, it took one spear, but from two top guys to take him down. Hey, did you see uh, the thing floating out there today where somebody found Strowman's real life Tinder profile? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> love fishing or whatever. Yeah. yeah like I love great. lifting weights and eating steaks. <laughs> yeah. That should love be a that. line, man. That's a good one. All right. He's funny. I've seen him like oh, yeah. do some fun things. He's well spoken for being a big meathead. Yeah, and you know it was also cool. I saw an Adam Rose, uh, rosebed or rosebud picture. Mm -hmm. It was like Adam Rose, and then all the rosebuds behind. And the rosebuds were Braun Strowman, Carmella, Uh Becky Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, and then um, I can't remember. It was another guy. I can't remember. I think it was Ty Dillinger, maybe. Okay. And they were all behind Adam Rose. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, those are my three Ps. I like that. All right, this has been a fun week to kick off the uh, new year. Uh, I guess we'll just leave it at that. We'll come back for episode 181 next week right here on the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And rats have been found... Rats have been found that they can actually laugh. <laughs> TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. So stop it. Shock uh, it. Here comes the new kid on the block. Hold on your bets. It's with the buck stop. See, first of all, I'm stepping out on my own. 